This is the Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Vans, the king of shoes, killing shit since 1966, son. Once again, thank you very much, Omar. Here we go, the season finale of season 17, our 202nd episode. This is where I I say something uh, sappy and lovey about my main man, the ghost. No one I'd rather be doing this thing with. The season 17 coming to an end. I just want to extend another thank you to the ghost and ants and everyone behind the scenes at the bunt, man. The, The sickest team that I could possibly be working with. Like you all know, I'm D Jones. I got my main man, the ghost, with me. We got Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Here we go, baby. The last one. What we got lined up? Yo, big things in studio, as per usual. We got the G, the homie, Nicole Haas in the building, holding it down in studio. Dope ass person. We met her at the, or actually, I met her briefly a long time ago in cali but we met her at the glory challenge seen her get buck and knew we had to get her on the pod she's been blowing up her career has been blowing up the last year or two and uh, it's just awesome to have her on and have a combo next the post office y'all crazy listeners out there bunt holes and bunt wipes we love hearing from you loaded post office and uh then whoo it's the finals, man. The rundown. Basketball, hockey. You already know it's turning up, man. Let's go. Let's go is right. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Bunt. Hit up our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Bunt. And then our website, thebuntlive.com. The Bunt Holes, The Bunt Wipes, and The Bunters United to absolutely smash the web store. Thank you to everyone again who purchased something off the site. And you can check out the brand new Bunt Jam section with the 2023 Bunt Jam just around the corner. Relive all the hype that was last year and look forward to the memories that will be made July 7th and 8th at Dunbat Skate Park. You know we do this shit for the city of TDOT, man. Ghost. Oh, yo, hold on. One thing, one other fun thing that we got for the people, not just the people of Toronto. At some point between this episode coming out and the bunt jam the highly anticipated very hard to do literally broke my brain trying to put it all together the we're completing the tray flip brackets with the regular tray flip bruv it's all ready to go so uh stay tuned on our instagram the bracket's gonna go live uh We've got Brandon Turner, Switch Trey King. We've got Brian Herman, Nolly Trey King. We've got Dylan Reader, Fakey Trey King, who will be the regular Trey Flip King. I cannot wait to see the hate that comes our way for uh, not picking your favorite Trey Flip. But I can honestly say, holy shit, 
it was hours and hours and hours of uh, watching videos, screen grabbing shit. The tray flip bracket is coming soon and uh, there'll be some prizes available for whoever nails it. It's going to be a barn burner and uh, I'm hyped. Did my tray flip over Bane Wellesley can make the cut? No, oh, God. Did someone burn that tape. Jesus Christ, that was a little excessive. I don't need to burn it. It's shout out of the week time. I know you've been watching your tray flips, but you also have the brain capacity to watch everything else in skateboarding. So let me know what it was, man. Well, before I get to the shout out of the week, I just wanted to quickly shout out a video that I forgot to shout out because we were in Detroit. Uh, that kind of messed up my whole algorithm. But, uh, the our homie and uh, Bunt alum Grant Yansura and the Weekend Boys they went absolutely ham and put out a full a full length a couple weeks back uh, incredible stuff if you haven't seen that definitely go watch it uh, Tanner Berzinski the homie just a ledge god tech god good to see a full part from him that video was incredible. Go check out Weekend's last full-length video, JIT. Straight fire. The skits were monumental. Just a fun video all around. Now, for this week's shout-out of the week, it's got to go to another Bunt alum. Holy shit, Dono. I don't know if you've seen this part yet. If you haven't, go watch it. Oscar Condon, the French oh. Ripper of Pain, our boy. Oh, man. An absolute masterpiece, man. It's rare that... Shit, we should do, we should bring back our video reviews because he would get a fucking 10 in like every category, man. The trick selection was insane. The music fit perfectly with the part. The spots were beautiful. The filming was amazing. Like the edit was just awesome. And it was kind of like an artsy edit. And sometimes those don't land with me. I feel like sometimes, you know, there's like a feeling of trying too hard to be different or artsy but this was just like executed to perfection i'm gonna watch this part right now again when we're done recording major shout out to oscar and apologies because i don't know who filmed it off the top of my head right now but uh whoever filmed it and edited it it was just a masterpiece and i'll be watching it plenty of times for years to come man that nollie flip into that bank <laughs> Oh, Oscar brings up the good memories of a trip to Barcelona, man. With all that being said, we still have an interview to get into. Nicole Haas in the building. But first, ghosts, our bellies are still empty. Order us something to eat. Damn, to close out the season, well, you know, I'm trying to get in shape for the three-on-three -three at the Bunt Jam. So I'm going back to the new skinny pizzas, thin crust styles from maker we're going pepperoni we're going baby gem salad we're going only one cookie this week Ooh. and we might even grab a water instead of a ginger ale it's time to get into tip-top shape my guy let's go maker fuel me maddie madison tell them what they get when they order maker pizza this is literally the best pizza in the world all right ghost only one interview remains let's get it pop All right, we've got Nicole Haas in the building. What's cracking, yo? Not much, just 
enjoying a rainy day in LA. It's been raining a lot here, so. Yeah, it's usually kind of rare for that, huh? Yeah, definitely rare. But we need we need the water, all the water we can get. So yeah. not gonna complain. Yo, know, long time in the making, man. Been trying to get Nicole on for I don't even know how long now, but <laughs> she's here. Let's get it. We did it, yeah. About six months. All right, six months. <laughs> that's not that bad. That's, that's a track, though. Too popular these days. Yeah, yeah, too much going on. Just trying to just trying to get clips out here, you know. That's the most important. Not talking to us. Not talking to you guys right now. I don't have enough clips. I still don't have enough clips to talk to you guys, but I made I made some arrangements. Uh, respect, respect. <laughs> So, Nicole, we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. My favorite skate moment? Oh, man. You guys' questions are, like, easy but hard, huh? <laughs> I would say uh, I was just on a trip in Australia, and Haley did a buck trick, and I feel like she did it so quick. And I would say fit last day vibes, favorite skate moment. Oh, Haley so Wilson. Nice. Sick trick. Sick trick coming out. Oh, yeah. Clip before the flight. Clip before, bad. well, the day before, yeah. And then we went to the beach, so you can't, you can't complain about that moment. Perfect. Can't complain about the Australian beach. What about uh, sports? Favorite sports moment? Probably uh, the Minnesota Lynx is the women's basketball team. I think this was, I was 14, so they won, I, I watched them win the world championship. Damn, sick. Yeah, so that was like about nine... Well, 11 years ago. So whatever oh. date that was. 2012. Who was their star back then? I remember they were uh, winning a bunch back then. Yeah, they won like three championships in a row. It was so... The game was like so fun to go to. Um, Lindsay Whalen is one I remember. She, I think she was the point guard. But yeah, it was dope. That's what's up. In attendance. In attendance, yeah. I witnessed it. So, Nicole, take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up and how did you get into skating? I grew up in Stillwater, Minnesota, and I got into skating kind of through Rocket Power, the cartoon. Like, I played it on PlayStation. I played, like, the video game a bunch, and I feel like that's how I, like, knew about skateboarding. And then uh, my friend had a birthday party at a skate park, and I just saw a bunch of, like, ramps and stuff. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is crazy. I didn't understand that there was so much more to skating than just, like, at my friend's driveway or something you know <laughs> yeah um so yeah once i saw that i was like oh i was obsessed and then like i understood that you could like fly in the air and like i don't know i just kind of it's like i stopped playing basketball i stopped like doing everything else that i was doing i just like skated i got i got obsessed so being from minnesota wasn't very like common or like cool at the time i feel like especially from where i was from at at the time, like skateboarding went in these waves, like kind of in the 2000s, you know, when I was like, mm-hmm. when I was uh, growing up in like high school and junior high and stuff, it was not cool anymore, really. It was like hockey and stuff was like the coolest thing you could do. Was Davis yeah. still running and gunning out there when you were coming up? Oh, for sure. He was probably, he was probably in his prime. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't even no. fucking. Tough to I, say. <laughs> tough to say. I uh, never really made it to Minneapolis. I've I've been to uh, Minneapolis more now that I've moved away from Minnesota yeah. than I probably had when I was there. So I feel like 
I just am getting to know all those dudes. Like, I didn't really know what was going on back then. Okay, I went to third layer, like, a couple times a year, maybe, or something. Sick. And I was just a little girl. I would go, like, and there would be, like, nobody there, really. like the Or, like, it would be, like, girls' night, but I would be the only girl. They would like, kind of yeah. always let me skate for Reek because I was just, like, the only girl that would come. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, they're dope. Love third layer. So what would you consider to be your first big break in the skate industry? My first big break, probably, I would say just meeting. I was in California when I was like 12. I was think I was 11 or 12, and I met Kara Beth Burnside. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but she was an OG women skater, also snowboard Olympian. From She went to the uh, Snowboard Olympics in like 1998, and, mm-hmm. um, but she like won like gold medals in vert, women's vert and stuff. Anyways, OG, first uh, signature shoe for Vans, all that. I met her when I was, like, young, and we, like, really, like, connected. And she kind of ended up mentoring me for, like, till I was, like, an adult. I, I actually, like, moved in. When I moved to California, I, like, moved into her house and stuff. So um, I feel like just meeting her really opened up so many doors for me in the skate industry. And they had a brand at the time called Hoopla Skateboards that was, like, all women on the team. And I started getting boards from them. And then they were, they were through skate once. So I was getting bones, wheels, and bearings and all that. And I feel like, yeah, that, that was kind of just meeting her and meeting all of those like, girls that were in the scene at the time um, really like elevated me, I guess. And then, yeah, then the first contest I like, got invited to this comedy contest in 2013 I was like 15 years old and I like quit basketball like I I played I started basketball again in eighth grade I played one year then I was gonna play in ninth grade and then like the comedy contest like I got invited to it because Kara Beth got me in and um and I, they were like well like if you're gonna go to this contest like whatever you might you probably can't play basketball and I was like okay well I'll just go to this <laughs> contest and then um yeah I ended up they only had it divided by age, but I was like, I was 15, so I had to go with the 15 to 27 year olds. So it was like all oh the my pros. God. It was like Lizzie, Nora, Alicia, like all the pro, like pretty much I was in the pro division all of a sudden. And then, yeah, I did, I made it to finals and Damn. yeah, I did like, I skated pretty good. And then after that, I was just like in pro contests. It was like Fans Park Series was after that. And yeah, it was just kind of crazy. So I feel like, Maybe that was actually my, my official like breakthrough where I, mm-hmm. other people started to know me. Christian, so I was like, you're on the map. <laughs> I was like, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, word. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that was probably it. That's epic. So where'd the nickname Dickie come from? <laughs> oh my gosh. So this was like summer 2020. Like all of a sudden I was, I was going through a breakup and my friends, I think I started to, like, transform. And my friends started calling me Nikki. Like, everyone just, like... People, like, my whole life have kind of, like, randomly someone will call me Nikki. And um, then we were on this road trip. And my friend Jill and Katie and I, was just three of us, we were driving up the 101 all the way to Oregon. And we were just, like, inventing, like... It's because uh, her name's Jill, so I... I was like, let's call ourselves Dill, Dicky, and then we just named our other friend Doug. And then, I don't know, we just came up with stupid nicknames, and then it stuck. Like, now everyone calls me Dicky. Like, at least, like, my, like, core group of friends. Or or Dick. They'll be like, what's up, Dick? <laughs> like, oh, my God. 
<laughs> it sounds so funny, but um, okay, we're calling you Dicky from now on. Uh, yeah, Dicky, Dicky, <laughs> it is. It's a fitting like when you get to know my personality a bit more. I feel like uh, just kind of how I act a little bit, just like crazy, Dicky, <laughs> wild, wild Dicky. Um, so it works. So, yeah. It works. Yeah, it works. It's just kind of funny because my parents, my parents never like knew that until the night I turned pro. And then my friend Jill, who I call Dill sometimes, she had all these shirts made that say Dicky is pro. And my parents <laughs> were like, I didn't know that people called you Dicky. Oh like, my yeah. God. Now the family's in on it. Yeah. Yeah. My brother was like, that's the most <laughs> epic nickname. He was like so hyped on it when he found out before calling me Dicky. <laughs> um, so yeah. That's sick. Kind of just transformed. It's my uh, personality, my new personality. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about growing up with a vert ramp, man. How'd you, how'd you come up on that? How'd I come up on that? Well, my dad built houses growing up. So like for him, I think building like just a framed ramp was like, oh, easily can make that happen. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, maybe not easily, but we moved around a lot because my dad built like houses. So he was always like, wanted to build like a newer different houses um Mm -hmm. and he always had like an outbuilding and that's where he would like store all his construction stuff and like whatever he liked basketball so he'd have a basketball hoop in there and then I started to like really like vert ramps and there was no like vert anywhere in Minnesota at least that you could skate in the winter or like even any of the time that much like I don't know you'd there's one under the bridge in Minneapolis but you could skate it like what five months a year or something um and it was like an hour from me so my dad was like well I don't know if you like it like we can probably fit it in this like outbuilding that I'm gonna build anyways and then um yeah he just built it we just got dimensions through Kara Bath actually she talked to Tony and asked him what his dimensions of his ramp were and then we got those dimensions, and then we built Damn. like similar like transitions and stuff. But mine was like a foot ta- uh, foot shorter, actually. I don't know. It was pretty similar height, at, but it was just like only thirty feet wide, so it was like pretty like narrow. How tall was it? It was thirteen. It was almost fourteen feet. Jesus. It was like thirteen ten or something. So yeah, it was tall and. Uh, that's all I knew as vert ramps were like all the vert ramps I had skated when I went to California was like that tall and then like Vans Park Series came then vert like really kind of died off and there was like yeah no like vert contests or like anything going on and Vans Park Series came around but then they had the idea of making everything like with no vert and like but still have like a bowl that looked like it had vert but it didn't have any vert so then I had to like go to these contests and I was just like couldn't even skate it because it took me like so long to land a frontside air because the <laughs> nothing had vert on it. And I was so used to just skating something with like a foot and a half of vert, you know? So yeah, it was it was sick. But yeah, I feel like I had to relearn everything when I came out to California because <laughs> I was just nothing else was like really like it besides Tony's ramp or like yeah, pretty much Tony's ramp is the only thing around that's like that. There used to be like a YMCA vert ramp and people used to like, that's what people used to do. They used to have sessions on vert ramps and it was like a whole like mm-hmm. yeah. thing. But now it's like not really, now no one like does that as much. Maybe like Jimmy Wilkins and his crew and stuff like go to Tony's still, but it's just different than it was when I first got into it, I guess. What a legendary dad movement to yeah. build a, a house a or a barn and then a vert ramp inside of it. 
Yeah, he is. He's Savage. such a legend. Yeah, he's he's the best. He was he's like a kid. He's like loves just like he was probably hyped yeah. yeah he was so stoked and uh we still had like a basketball we put like a basketball hoop in the middle of the ramp vert ramp so we're still able to play basketball and uh you still balling these days or what mm-hmm. yeah i still go shoot around sometimes okay. i really want to join a, a a league like one year maybe this maybe this fall yeah it's good to mix it up mm-hmm. trying to join a league again too but the big focus right now is defending our title at the bunch jam this summer so <laughs> That's the goal. Eyes on the prize. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Can't get distracted from that. No. So you still have that house? Like, is the ramp still in existence? No, of course my parents moved. We never Uh stayed in a house longer than, I think our longest house was six years, um, which was a pretty long time. But like, just they moved. They moved back to Wisconsin, actually, where they're from. So Mm. where I'm from in Minnesota, like borders Wisconsin and uh, minnesota okay and they're from wisconsin so they moved back there and they got it's like, pretty much canada up there it's pretty right? much canada yeah pretty much almost. canadian sometimes yeah. we tell davis he's like an honorary canadian so you can be canadian too yeah thank you i appreciate no that problem. i would love to be considered a canadian actually um yeah we're not far <laughs> battle the four seasons oh yeah yeah i don't know it's like where i'm like i guess i'm like six hours south that's kind of far, that's not bad at all cl- way closer than other people when yeah. you talk to people, they don't even know. Like, it's just funny. The U.S. is so big, and, like, Minnesota is just so kind of random. Or it's just, like, really, like, middle tucked up there, you know? Yeah. People who try and dodge, like, the shit weather in Canada, like, move to Vancouver. That's, like, your best bet. Right. But I always wonder why people in the States, when they could just move south, stay north. Like, we can't get any more south, you know? Right. I agree with you. I say all the smart... All the smart Minnesotans moved to California. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea why. I think it's like kind of like a comfort thing. Like people yeah. like don't want to leave their families or yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. For sure. Just like are really comfortable in their ways. You know, I think that's that's um, like my whole. I'm pretty much the only one. Yeah, like out of all my cousins and everything, and I have a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles, and everyone lives in Wisconsin still. Like, there's one that's moved to, like, North Dakota, but that doesn't really count. (laughs) So, I don't know. I think it's just, like, yeah, everyone, if you never, like, also, they never really travel or anything. And if you never, like, see other places or, like, do anything, you don't really know what's out there, I guess. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm definitely not going to, like, move back. (laughs) I think my parents, like, had in mind that I was going to, like, move to California and then move back. But it's not what's going to happen. Yeah, you got to get them to visit you more and more. Especially yes. in the winter, and then they'll be like, "Wait, what the hell? She's a genius. We're coming. Yeah. We're packing yeah. our bags." Exactly. I don't need to. I don't need to go back there. No. <laughs> so you've been traveling nonstop. I mean, we've been trying to get you on the pod forever, but you're always on the go, which is amazing. Give us your top three road essentials when you're packing your bags these days. Top three road essentials: a portable charger. Hmm. Does passport count? <laughs> it's I don't necessary. Care. I don't care. Yeah, that's necessary. It's not really essential. But I don't even care if I'm, like, not flying out of the U.S. I'll still bring my passport because I, like, just feel like you never know what's going to happen. You know? <laughs> you might just fucking need to, like, get out of the country. Yeah. And you need your passport. Um, AirPods. I got so much technology in my essentials. 
Knee pads. Yeah. Knee pads, oh. portable charger, <laughs> AirPods. Yo, AirPods are honestly <laughs> the best. I, I kind of hate Apple, but I'm a full Apple guy. Like They just piss me off yeah. with how they charge for every damn thing these days. But yeah. I, I don't know what my life would be without AirPods. <laughs> right. What Jeez, can we do? Jesus Christ. Wait, yeah. look at you. you're an AirPod guy now too, man. I just Shit. got them, man. Just got them. This year. I actually just, like the corded ones better, especially when I'm at work. Like tripping yeah. baggy no they're better man that work they get destroyed if i wore these ones at work for the way they fall out and shit hmm. yeah they do kind of fall out huh that's what i'm saying i work on ladders usually like they get yeah. destroyed nah, these things never fall out the new ones the new i can't remember what are they called the airpod pros or something mm, those ones were falling out left right and center but i go, i went yeah i went back to the ogs and this case drives my ocd fucking nuts man with the fucking dirt <laughs> it literally drives me fucking you. crazy like how can it not just be clean why won't it just leave the case it's just a magnet for all that dirt oh yes. god um okay while we're on the traveling top three destinations recently what are they uh australia we gotta go to australia man fuck yeah you gotta go to australia australia i'm gonna say canada Oh shit! Um, yeah, fuck yeah! I love Canada. I went to Vancouver too, before sick. Montreal. Nice. Um, and Puerto Rico. Yo. Ooh. Yeah, I was there last. It was like a year ago, almost. But was it a top three? Yeah, we're nice. trying to get a a bunt trip to Puerto Rico next winter. Cross your fingers, uh, it happens. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sick. Fucking love it down there. But yo, speaking of Canada. Your rainbow 50-50 of doom at the Dime Glory Challenge was one of the dopest things we witnessed that whole weekend. Felt like the crowd wanted it just as much as you. How fun was battling that one? And just give us uh, the behind the scenes on that one and just the event in general. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I didn't expect... I didn't have expectations for anything. I didn't know that... Like, I guess I kind of saw the rainbow rails, like, behind the scenes, like... But I didn't think I was going to, like, battle anything. But I don't know. I've always loved, like, rainbow rails. And, like, the first couple were fun. But they were moving so fast. <laughs> and then, yeah. like, I was like, and then you're going so fast at it. Like, you're dropping in from that thing. And it's just like, I don't know. It was, it was crazy. But I, I, like, wanted to do it. And uh, I kind of, like, for, like, I was kind of in my own world a little bit. Just, like, I need to, like, I need to land this. And, like, it was so scary that I was, like, I need, like, every time I was, like, I need to land it this time because I don't <laughs> yeah. want to, like, fucking die or, like, do it again. Like, I don't know. So, yeah, it was crazy. It was, I'm glad I did it. And I, like, hope they don't bring that back because <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. No more of that. I'm, like, good. Like, I was so sketchy, too. I'm, I would say a couple weeks before that I just kind of, like, learned how to cross lock on, like, baby, little, like, baby flat bars. Mm, yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking skate rails. So, like, me doing that was, like, way out of my league. But, um, I don't know. I went for it, and I'm stoked I did it, I guess. But, yeah, it was really fun. The crowd there is so good. Like, no matter what you're doing, they're hyped. Yeah, It was half Safa. The, the noise was half of Safa. Yeah, I yes. was going crazy. He so lost his mind the minute he walked in there. I was wasted. <laughs> do you think do you think your choice of eyewear made it even harder, man? That was like an interesting choice. The Cyclops sunglasses. Yeah, I mean that was like the whole like challenge thing. I was just playing by the rules that I was told. But I don't know, I feel like I I could see like not so bad. I mean it probably did not help. 
But I think I was so I was already wearing them all day anyway, so I was like right. I was kind of adapted to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was all good. But yeah, that was that was crazy. I'm glad. I can't believe like the dudes did like three more after that. I was like, yeah. how? Yeah, no, how that, I mean, the max this? one was was crazy too. Elijah was going crazy, but. There was something about like the slams you were taking and the drama of it all oh, yeah. that just made it so <laughs> hype. <laughs> I have very a lot. Of, I bring a lot of drama to the tricks for sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a natural, yeah. It's a natural way I skate for sure. It's just like so many slams, but as long as you get it, it's all that matters. Yeah. All the slams are worth it, you know. You made it happen. So. I was gonna say you stomped it, but it was a rainbow rail, so you don't really stomp. You just kind of float yeah. out. You glide off that thing as best as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Your girl Nora was there fucking encouraging you the whole way. Yeah. Speaking of her, you two are super tight. You even lived together for a while. What's it been like having her as kind of like a big sister of sorts in the skate world? Oh, my God. It's amazing. Honestly, I wouldn't even know. Like, I would be a different person without her, I feel like. I feel like she's opened up so many, like, doors just for women skaters and in general like paved a way that was like out of the ordinary I guess um for traditionally what like women's skaters have been doing so I'd be like growing up like watching her and then like living with her and seeing like what she's doing and um how she's like moving about in her career has really like helped me and uh she yeah she's brought out like a, a really positive side of me that's like really funny and makes me like more creative I think um yeah she's a little psycho I was just with her <laughs> yesterday actually um but yeah she's just so fun and like I feel like we just had like she brings out like a character in me I would say like the really like playful side um of of myself which is really cool so yeah she's great hell yeah big shouts to Nora the homie big shouts to Nora yeah (laughs) she was asking me she was like did you do the bunt yet I was like no not yet but I'm gonna do it tomorrow she was like oh yeah sick she was like, That's I got some questions. I'm going to do it in another six months. It's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I, I delayed it till October 2024. Everybody loves a sweet vacation. Lying poolside in the shade of a palm tree, the sun bursting from a clear blue sky, an ice cold drink cools down your body. Your bathing suit is slowly forming a sharp tan line on your waist. Mmm, complete freedom. Everybody loves a sweet school day, waking up to an ocean full of wavy obstacles and school assignments, surfing smooth pool copings during the 10 minute break with close friends from all of Scandinavia. Beautiful tan toast from the school cafe crushing through your teeth only waiting to be flushed down by a soothing cup of tea. This too feels like the best vacation ever. Well, put your shades on. Welcome to Briggeritz Skate High School, a three-year vacation. CHPO are proud to release another great collaboration together with the students at Briggeritz High School. The result was not only an education that holds value in the real world, but also a fresh pair of sunglasses and a series of boards and t-shirts. Collect them all at chpobrand.com. CHPO, always doing it for the people and especially doing it for the students. Can you tell us about the infamous cliff jump? 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is this is uh, Australia 2017. It was like my first trip out of the country, like by myself. And um, yeah, I was just getting crazy. I was I was on one. I was on a little bender for sure. And I was like, went to this cliff jump. It was probably like t- 15 to 20 feet. And um, I jumped off at once. I'm like scared of sharks. So like, <laughs> I don't like once I jump into the water, like I don't mind the cliff, but it's like when I'm in the water, I get really scared. And then whatever I go back up and I was like I'm gonna try to backflip off of it for no I've never backflipped off like I backflipped off like a boat right that's like what like four feet out of the water but I've never (laughs) backflipped off anything taller than that and I was like I'm gonna backflip and um someone's mom was there my friend Poppy's mom was there and she was like are you sure should you do it and I was like yeah I got it and she was like have you ever done it from this height and I was like no and she was like well, maybe you shouldn't do it. And I was like, why not? I'm going to be fine. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like this whole interaction between us going back and forth. And she was like, maybe you shouldn't do it. And then I just backflip, but I like over rotate and I land on my stomach and just belly flop. It was oh. so gnarly. Like knock the wind out of myself. But I'm like panicked because I'm like in what, like in the ocean yeah. that I don't want to really be in. And I'm just like trying to like swim, <laughs> like hold my, hold my lungs together. I was so, but yeah, there's like a video that like resurfaces every once in a while. Oh my it's God. Like, can you send that? We're going to yeah, find that. Definitely send that to you guys. Yeah, it's like, she's like filming the whole thing. She was like, well, don't do it, like in her Australian accent. And I was like, just like, no, I'm going to do it. And then just do it. And I fully like, hands above head, (laughs) belly flop. Um, I got lucky too. Like looking back, like I could have like hit the rock. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Why did I think I could do that? Because you're an adrenaline junkie, ramp skater of pain. (laughs) Yeah, you got to, I mean, I... I can't really backflip, so I shouldn't be giving advice, but it sounds like you forgot to slow down the rotation of the flip <laughs> with more That's exactly what I did. Yeah, I flipped like I was flipping off something that was four feet, and I could have, like, almost done two backflips. That's oh, how fast God. I flipped. So I just flipped and then got, like, ah, and just opened up into a, like, Superman. It was... It was messed up, yeah. I need to see this clip. Live to, live to tell the story, yeah. I'll send you guys the... It's on, it's on the gram. And the whole like conversation leading up to the flip is also funny because it's just like, she's trying to tell me like, you shouldn't do it. Like, it's like a mom, right? And I'm just yeah. like, nope, I'm doing it. She <laughs> tried her then, best yeah. too. She, she did. The parenting she's... skills were kicking in. <laughs> yeah, she, she had a gut feeling for sure. And she was right. But <laughs> glad, I, glad nothing worse happened for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned it a bit before, but can you tell us about riding for Hoopla? How did you first get on, and how was that whole experience for you? Yeah, I think uh, I started kind of just getting float like flowed boards from them like pretty young. I guess I was probably like thirteen. And yeah, Mimi Noop and Carabeth Burnside both started this company through Skate One. So yeah, I just like was hanging out with them, and CB was mentoring me, so I was getting boards and. Yeah, I don't know. It really served its purpose at the time. Like, we had such a stacked team. Um, Samari was on the team. Nora was on the team. Alicia. Wow. Alana Smith. Breezy. Fabi. Damn. At the time, there wasn't girls on other brands, you know? There wasn't a spot mm. for girls. If you were, like, good at skating, you technically should have been getting boards. Uh, there wasn't a place for that. So, Hoopa really had that place for us. So, 
yeah it was really it was really awesome to be a part of that and we did like little trip like nothing like crazy but we did like trips and stuff filmed as much as we can Mimi took photos Lisa Whitaker like filmed and yeah it was cool it was it was a it was a interesting like it wasn't that long ago you know that 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 was how it was and then it was like Samaria got on Enjoy after she went on King of the Road and then she left Hoopla and then it just kind of like everyone just found their own own spot in the industry so it didn't really serve its purpose that it it had before and like things I don't know I felt like the brand like Skate One wasn't really letting Mimi do what she wanted with the brand so then it was kind of just like everyone got to where they they wanted to be where they could do other things so yeah it it was cool like I didn't really have to buy boards for like most of my skate life which is crazy that's wicked Um, that's amazing that's seriously an all-star cast yeah crazy if it was still around right now right I know honestly it would be insane like such a stacked team and then like meow skateboards is is still still doing that they have a pretty stacked team too like Mariah's on them and yeah it's a it's still yeah it's crazy it was a it was a fun it was such a chill time like I don't know I feel like now I'm so busy and like at that time it was just like (laughs) we we were like making up things to do you know we were like creating our own things to do because we because there was nothing going on for us so yeah which I think how women's skating was for a long time even you know like Alyssa and all the like everything it was it's just you all turned into a bunch of trailblazers for the next generation so hats off to all of you it's cool yeah i'm stoked and you made the switch to real skateboards what was behind that decision and how did it come about i would say it was like kind of a timeline of things i guess like after i got off actually i was still on hoopla and grosso hit me up to ride anti-hero boards so I started getting anti-hero boards and I was really hyped on that I ran that for like a year and then I just kind of like they they were like we don't want to give you boards anymore so I was like oh fuck well now I gotta like figure Jesus. out <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, they said quick. it was cause, because of money but like I was like you guys don't pay me so I don't know that didn't make any sense but I was like whatever like it is what it is you know um so then I was kind of just buying boards for like one of the first times I was like it's okay like I'll just buy boards like support and, and shit like whoever I am feeling so I was just riding boards I was riding like FA boards I was riding slave boards um yeah I was just kind of like shopping around and I I was like that for like almost two years and then um yeah, I don't know. I just reached out to Real. I was like, I kind of like pinpointed like the three brands that I would want to ride for. I think it was like Death Wish, Real, who else? Someone else. Anyways, and then I just like hit up Nate, the TM of Real, and I was like, just had a conversation with him. I was like, oh yeah, I would love to be on Real. Yada yada. And yeah, then they started sending me boards, but he was like, no promises. Like, I don't know. Like, it was still like COVID time. So it was kind of a yeah. weird, weird time to like get on the. A brand and he was like I want to make sure you like fit with the team so we got to like figure that out through all this but it happened way quicker than I thought it was gonna like they invited me on a trip like I don't know five months after six months after I started getting boards and then like just clicked super well with the team and it was just like really made sense 
and I was really stoked to be on them. Like I couldn't have been, I couldn't have like feel like I fit better with any any team, honestly. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it was just kind of yeah, kind of interesting journey. What about um? Did you get along with Patrick? We heard he's the worst teammate ever. Oh my God! No, <laughs> Patty's so sweet. Who said that? Who's talking shit on Patty? Zion, but he was also Z- joking. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, all of them. I wouldn't say any of like they're all so chill like I didn't know what to think like I don't know I didn't know any of them actually really even Jack and Tanner who are from Minnesota like I knew of them but I didn't really like ever hang out with them so I didn't yeah I didn't know what to expect but they're all so sweet so nice they all like shower take care of themselves you know I don't know not asking a lot here but like skaters are fucking skaters. Sometimes they're like, they're a little, they're a little more hush than the real boys. So <laughs> I feel like they're not as dirty as they used to be. Skaters, man. Yeah, they're not as dirty. They're all like modeling and more clean you know, cut. Right. Everyone's a little more advanced. For sure. So. I mean, if you got on Death Wish, you might have ran into some, some of that. That's kind, what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> might have been a little different a little story in the yeah. van. Yeah. yeah. Might have been a little stinkier. Yeah, I got a hotel. Everyone's like smells nice. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I, I feel pretty stoked at where I'm at. For sure. That's what's up. Uh, that's that's amazing. Uh, speaking of real, you had one of the dopest pro surprise parties ever. Give us the rundown <laughs> on that epic night. Yeah, that was crazy. Wow. I don't even know. I feel like it's finally like set in like six months later. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, I just knew I was on a skate trip. I was like, oh, we're doing, Nike was like, oh, we're going to go to Oregon and then Seattle and do Skate Like a Girl. And, like, Real had told me, I had been working on this video part, and they are like, yeah, we want to premiere it at Skate Like a Girl. And I was like, oh, I just, like, didn't feel like my video part was ready. And I was like, eh. and then I was like, whatever, you know what? You're never going to feel ready. So I was just like, yeah, sure, let's, yeah. like, premiere it, yeah. premiere it there. And then, yeah, I just thought, I don't know. I just thought like my video parts coming on at nine. I was like, that's kind of late. Probably be a little drunk by then, you know, 9 p.m. <laughs> video parts start. But yeah, I guess I didn't really see it coming. And then, yeah, it was so crazy. I mean, like Alyssa, just having like Alyssa like introduce me and like Jamie and then Nora was there and like all my like homies already there, Breezy and Fabi and just like, yeah, I don't know. It was like, all the Nike girls, like, I don't know, I just, like, was on a skate trip, and then all of a sudden I was pro, and my family was there, and I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. It was so much to take in in one, in one setting. And then everyone wanted to buy me, like, shots and have me sign their <laughs> oh, boards. I think, I think I signed people's boards so crazy, like, like so big, like, because I was just, like, on cloud nine, right? Like, yeah. what? And then, like, I, I I'm sorry if I signed your board and it looks like shit because I probably did that. Like even my homie was just in Australia. She was like, dude, I don't know what you're, what you're saying to me on my, on my board. Like I wrote like, you are my, but like, you can't even, it doesn't make any sense. I tried to decode it myself and I was like, fuck, I'm so sorry, dude. And it's like so big. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it was a definitely eventful night and uh, yeah, it was crazy. I don't even know. It's like really surreal. I felt like I didn't really see like it happening that fast, I guess. So there was a couple things that like made me think 
during the time. Like, my parents, I don't know. I was just kind of like everyone was being a little weird, but I wasn't really onto it like that. I just was like, whatever. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think they were going to turn, turn me pro that fast, I guess. So I was, wasn't counting on anything. Well deserved. Thank you. What a moment. I heard they had to yeah. hold you back from knocking over all the tables and shit. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, I get cr- that's Dicky. That's Dicky right there. That's like that's my uncontrolled like Dicky's always he's always inside me, but it's like a fucking that's how crazy. <laughs> <laughs> everyday life i'm controlled in that way but when i start to drink it's like i'm full uh unchained unchained dicky for sure the dick um, comes out but yeah but yeah. yeah dick comes out <laughs> but yeah my friend my friend jill was actually like people will like kind of like egg me on to do shit when i'm like drunk like that too so i feel like she was doing that for sure so i think i i think i behaved pretty well honestly considering i behaved worse and not turned pro you know there you go. You can tell us, was that a rare time where the hangover the next day actually wasn't that bad because you were like, holy shit, I'm pro? Kind of, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have rough? anything in here. It was kind of, <laughs> it was pretty rough. I didn't really get moving that well. Um, and I feel like for real, like I didn't, it didn't like set in right away. It was just kind of all like so crazy. Everything. Like, and I was like, I, it took like, months for me to realize that i was pro i feel like <laughs> but um, crazy. yeah no hangover was still there and but being pro was sick loved <laughs> loved the graphic loved how they did everything they really like did it so well i was really stoked on how it all came out like they killed it they nailed it yeah they thought of everything yeah so you recently went down to texas to skate in those jordan fours how was that trip and can you tell us about the texas wolf Texas Wolf, yeah. Um, that trip was super sick. It was such a good crew. I had just came off Australia, so I'd only had two days, and then I went to Texas. So I was kind of feeling crazy the first day. But, um, yeah, it was really, I mean, such a good crew. Eric, Oski, Deshaun, Antonio. Yeah, it was such such a solid crew. So I think just, like, hanging out with those guys and just going around Texas and just, I don't know, skating was, was sick. The, the shoes were, like, felt a little crazy at first, but we all made yeah. it work. <laughs> a little big. We all, I've, skated, I've skated them before, like, but I thought they were going to feel a little bit more skatable than usual, but I think it's kind of hard to make them yeah. skatable and make them look the same. So You did um, that blunt fakie in Jordan 4s as well, yeah? Yeah, crazy. Which one's like, better to skate, the regulars or the, the skateboard ones? Definitely in the skate ones. There's definitely yeah. like a, a a difference. Like when I, I put them on when I got home, like both of them. And there's definitely a difference, but I just thought it was going to be more, even more of a difference. But yeah, it was such a sick trip. And uh, the wolf story is we had just like lit up a spot and then we were going to another spot to check out. This was like the last day. And it was kind of like in this like back warehouse. It was like in the middle of nowhere where there's all these like warehouses kind of. And um, we're like looking around and all of a sudden like it goes wolf and we all like we're like what and we stop and we look and there's like a fucking wolf and we're just like and we all run to the van like screaming like like I felt like I was like ding dong ditching again when I was like 15 you know like (laughs) "Ah!" like running to the van all jumping to the van like close the door and then 
we're all like, oh, we we look out and Eric's like petting it, and we're like, what the fuck? And what? we go out and it's like, it's like wolf dogs. You know those dogs that are like part wolf, part dog. There were okay. like two of them, but they like because they like came out of the dark and they were like how they were trotting and moving was like a wolf like and they looked like a wolf but they're obviously like i don't know they were like stray wolf dogs i guess i don't know it was crazy but anyways i just thought it was so funny and then we were like giving them water and stuff because they're obviously like surviving on their own they didn't like yeah have people but yeah they were nice once we I was still kind of yeah, like no. sus, sus about it, but yeah, it was just yeah. funny because. But the way Eric said like wolf, he wasn't like scared, but we all were, like saw the wolf and we were like, "Fuck, we gotta get in the van!" <laughs> and we all like it's like almost like pushing each other out of the way to get to the van <laughs> first, you know. You see who your um, real friends are in yeah. those moments. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it was it was funny. So yeah, that was a good that was a good little memory. I was on the trip for like I guess it was like four or five days. But yeah, I like Texas. I want to go back and skate in Texas. I feel like Texas has good spots. Yeah, never been, but definitely down to go there one day. I can't believe Eric, man. What a real one. No fear. Gangsta. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he kind of already knew. I think He did it on purpose to be like, to fuck to with scare us. scare everyone. But like, still, the way it was like moving. I mean, I don't know. If you've seen like a dog that's like part wolf or whatever, you're like. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's like. Yeah, it's not. But they were nice, and we ended up giving them a little water and stuff. But when but, one person runs, it's just your reaction yeah. to start running too. So if one you person's scared, go. everyone's like, "Fuck it, we're out of here." <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna be the one to die. <laughs> yeah, for sure not get back in the van. But yeah, it was pretty funny. Can you tell us about the fireworks gone wrong incident? Yes, I can. <laughs> Definitely can tell you about that. So. This was when Nora and I lived with Carabath, actually. And it was, we lived in Oceanside, and it was, like, backed up against the Camp Pendleton base, like, the Marine base there. And we were, it was my, it had recently been my birthday. It was, like, a week after my birthday. And one of Nora's, well, our friend, Erica Yari, she has the same birthday as me. And she was just in Vegas or something, or Nevada, and she got all these fireworks. Fireworks are illegal in California. She got all these fireworks, and she was like, hey, Nora, like, give these fireworks to Nicole for her birthday. And Nora was like, okay. Uh, and then Nora and I were just at the house by ourselves one day, like, random Thursday. We are like, just by ourselves at the house. And um, she was like, should we light these off? And I was like sure yeah like fuck it why not so we like go in the backyard and we like stick it's like a i'm looking at it like kind of sketch because i've let off quite a bit of fireworks just like being from the midwest i feel like it's something you always do like i don't know because it's you don't have to worry about shit burning down right <laughs> and um so we like light it off and it like goes into the air and it's like pop 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 like seven times probably and I was like, ooh, that sounded not like, that sounded like kind of like gunshots. Like yeah. it didn't sound like good. And it was like in the middle of the day. So like <laughs> we weren't even going to see any fireworks. Like maybe it was like later afternoon. But then I was like, oh, I kind of had a crazy feeling about that. It didn't sound that good. But we, were, we already had plans to go to the street fair. So we like were like, whatever. We left and went to the street fair. And also we get a call from uh, CB, who's Carabeth, and we're like, 
she's like, dude, are you guys home? Like, we were like, no, we're at the street fair. She was like, the neighbor said that there's cops and, like, helicopters oh, flying no. everywhere. Oh, and my. I, I guess the neighbor, CD had, like, quite a bit of cats. And I guess the neighbor said that somebody was shooting at her cats. So she's, like, oh, rushing fuck. home, like, thinking, like, someone's <laughs> shooting at her cats. And Nora and I were like, uh, dude, we, like, we don't really like know what's going on but we did shoot up like light off fireworks like that could be what's happening you know so um, Nora and I are like fuck we gotta go home so we get in the car and we're we I'm driving up to our neighborhood and there's no shit 15 squad cars like <laughs> all lights out. on our whole neighborhood's blocked <laughs> off like Nora oh. and I are like oh my <laughs> god like we can't even they're not letting anyone in or out of the neighborhood right and I'm like, I like park and I like go up to the cop and I'm like, listen, we just lit off fireworks 30 minutes ago. And it was probably what someone called about because it sounded like gunshots. And he was like, okay, well, like somebody said they saw somebody with a gun. So like oh, we God. have to like take these precautions. I was like, oh my God, people are losing their minds. But there was like literally helicopters circling. And so then I was like, it would be a really weird coincidence that someone... I don't know. Like, that we let off a firework that sounded like a gun, and then someone saw, said they saw someone with a gun. Like, I feel like yeah. people are just kind of tripping, you know? And he was like, whatever, we have to, like, finish the duty. And um, then, yeah. And then uh, he came back to us, and he was like, okay, we we defused the situation. Obviously, it does seem like this firework. So they, like, came into our house, and we, like, showed up the firework, and then uh, Nora ended up getting a firework ticket. Nora oh. took one for the team. But, yeah, it was kind of... And they were like, do you know that we were just about to call, like, half the squad team out? <laughs> like, they were oh like... Oh, my God. It was, like, a full lockdown. And also, this is actually really sad. I guess the neighbor behind us was, like, on probation. And the cops, like, kicked down his door and, like, went, like, into his house. Like, Jesus guns blazing, you know? So, like, that poor guy was just trying to have dinner. And then <laughs> we pretty much... We, the amount of damage we did with... Uh, Damn single it, girls. like bottle rockets yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was, was kind of crazy so yeah that was our that was our fireworks story i i couldn't yeah. even believe what was happening i was like how did this all transpire but it was shortly after to the um vegas this is so sad that we have to like have to talk about shootings but like those vegas uh shooting that happened like days like it was actually happened on my birthday so this was only like five days after i feel like people were kind of like a little on edge from that you know yeah. and you know anywho that was uh that was the what we did was brought brought the san diego swat team into things jesus <laughs> yeah would have been hilarious to see you and nora on the evening news wanted <laughs> yeah. yeah i know right i'm kind of surprised i didn't make i mean i guess they probably didn't want to Say yeah. that. I don't know. I guess it wasn't. Damn. Was that the house <laughs> uh, where you guys had that ramp in the back? No. So that was the house. We moved into the house with the ramp after that. Oh, so we okay. lived with CB for like almost two years. And then we moved um, not far, like 15 minutes. And then we had a pool and a ramp. Yeah, it was sick. sick. Yeah, yeah. That crib was dope. You guys, uh, you guys had to leave the neighborhood after the uh, fireworks incident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> We gotta stop disrupting this neighborhood. Uh, moving right along, can you take us behind the scenes on your uh, epic hippie jump of doom in the real part? 
Yes. Like you ate a little shit on that one too. I did eat a lot of shit. Yeah, I've been wanting to do that for a while. Like I had saw, I mean, a ton of people have hit that spot, but I saw Oski, I don't know what part it was, but he like Ollie uh, melon grabbed over it, um, like over the like guardrail. Um, and I saw it in his part and then I drove past it one day, like before I'd moved to LA, but I was like up here a lot and I was like, oh my God, that's the spot. And I was like, I probably could like hippie jump it maybe. Like, I don't know if I could like ollie over it. Like, I don't know. I, for some reason I'm like randomly good at hippie jumps. I feel like it's from like just being a kid and like doing it and shit. And then, um, and then, yeah, I went there. I was like, yo, Tim, everybody, this is what I want to do. We went there and it, the bank was so crusty. And the first day we went, there was like holes everywhere. And I was like trying and trying, but like every time, even if I would commit, like, you know, when your back wheel kind of gets grabbed and you almost like go back yeah. or like, I don't know, you get like, almost get whiplash that kept happening. So I kept eating shit like so much gnarly than I probably oh. should have because we didn't have any Bondo. So I was just like trying to like go over these giant holes oh. and, um, yeah. And then... I was like, couldn't even jump anymore, like, because I had tried it so many times. I was like, oh, my legs are like dead. Like, I can't, I can't jump, <laughs> jump on this board. So uh, then we came back and we like bondoed, bondoed some spots. And then I did it like fairly quick, I would say. But yeah, I was hyped on it. I guess like doing it all the way on the other side too, like you kind of, the pole was there. So it was kind of like more of like threading the needle a little bit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was stoked on that. That was like something that I'd want to, wanted to do for a while so i was hyped to kind of cross that off the list yeah that spot's for been sure. around forever so i'm not surprised yep. the ground was all fucked up it's so fucked yeah i think it might be gone like it might be going away actually Damn. um but yeah it's like not even skatable really honestly like the hip the hip part of it is yeah, so yeah. fucked it's fucked there's like gallons of bondo on it yeah did it feel crazy like battling a hippie jump it's such a like random trick just like that feeling of like i'm actually still jumping over this thing without my board like over and over and over <laughs> yeah i didn't really realize it because it's like such a different like you're using kind of different muscles in a way because you're mm -hmm. not like bringing your board up with you you're like jumping like almost like like something you would do at the gym you know or something i don't know like yeah, jump your ball skills came in yeah there. i was like yeah my hops my hops <laughs> came out but yeah i like love hippie jumping for some reason i feel like it's because i I do. I that was something I loved in basketball too. Is like jumping really high to get the ball, like getting rebounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it. Yeah, I I realized it like after a couple hours of trying it, and I was like, oh my god, my legs. Like I can't like get them to come up anymore. <laughs> like they they're done. They're done yeah. for the day. So yeah, I had to go back. Had to go back for that. I hate. I kind of. I don't mind going back for tricks, but the day when you're trying it, you've already ate so much shit. You're like, I just don't. I just don't want to come back and do this again. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, it's just not really what I'm trying to do. <laughs> but then it was chill when I when I came back. And I did it really quick. Hell yeah. So with one of the busiest schedules in skateboarding, what's next for Nicole? <sighs> what's next? Actually, it's kind of been chill. I was supposed to go to Sweden, actually. I was supposed to be in Sweden right now. But I canceled that because filming for the women's Nike video, and that's supposed to come out in may so i the deadline was like a little closer than i thought and i got some other like personal shit going on that i gotta i can't like film certain days so i gotta like i had to cancel this trip and then um i'm gonna be in la till like 
middle of April, and then I'm going on a family trip, which is sick. And then I think May looks pretty chill right now too. But that's the thing with skateboarding is like it's it's like um um I'll probably know in April what I'm gonna do in May. You know, like yeah. middle of April, I'll probably know what's going on in May. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's that like peace peace stone cup is happening towards the end of May. So I might go up to that in SF, Lower Bob's. And then, yeah, it's you know, it's looking pretty chill right now, but I'm not going to speak too soon because <laughs> that's, what, that's what I always think. But then, like, three weeks before I go somewhere, it's, like, yeah. back-to-back well, things. Well, if um, you can, keep it open on your calendar. July 6th to the 10th, Toronto, Bunt Jam. You and Nora got to pull up. You get sick. me? You can put your ball skills on display. And show them how All you right. get down on the on the ramps. We're gonna have everything. I'm down. I was really jealous when I saw that last year. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I was like, "Basketball and skateboarding." I was like, "My two favorite <laughs> things." <laughs> I was like, "I was so confused. I felt like it came out of nowhere." I was like, "What? How is this going on?" I mean, it was year one. It was year one. Okay. Yeah, we're doing it big. You're officially invited. So I'm stoked. Hell yeah! Ju- July sixth to the tenth. All right. I'm, I'm probably gonna be there. Boom. Hopefully. Hopefully. Lock it in. Lock it in. Yo, yo, yo. It's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And it's an absolute honor to be brought to you by Spitfire Wheels to wrap up the season. Cater's been on the big, wide wheels for years, and his newest pro Formula 4s from Spitfire are just that. Radial fulls with a super wide riding surface and round edges for versatility on whatever spots you're skating. Coming in 54, 56, and even some 59 millimeters with a custom wood tray for anyone out there rolling. And speaking of Spitfire, (laughs) we've got something special cooking up for the Bunt Jam in July. See y'all soon and stay tuned. All right, Nicole. It's that time. A little rapid fire with the ghost. You get me. <laughs> I'm scared. Favorite skater? Grant Taylor. Favorite video? Homie's video. Came out like 2020? 2021? 2021. Favorite video part? Marissa Del Santo. Strange World? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Banging. Favorite style? Grant Taylor or, yeah, probably Grant Taylor, Ronnie Sandoval. Maybe Ronnie Sandoval. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Grant Taylor. I feel like I could say Grant Taylor for <laughs> all, all day. <laughs> Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? <sighs> probably Utah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Have we ever heard that answer? I don't know, but uh, these days that's, that's hard a good to argue. One. Yeah, I think like because he can skate vert, he can sk- he yeah. can skate anything and like do like really good at it. <laughs> it gets crazy. Favorite trick. Favorite trick is probably frontside ollie. Hardest trick for you. Everything? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably tail slot, like back tails. Most illegal trick. Feebles. Excuse me. Whoa. Yeah, Jeez. not on, not on not on flat bars. So this is where it gets this is where it gets different. Feebles like on a like a mini ramp or a bowl. Like I can't stand it. I can't like stand a feeble it. stall. Like it's like, a, it's like an accident. Yeah, like a stall. 
Like a female okay. grinder. Yes, cool. But like a stall. Like stall is ugly. It's like an accidental trick. It's like when you don't get into a 50-50. They just were like, no, it's a feeble. I actually That's did a feeble stall yesterday in a mini <laughs> ramp on purpose. No, <laughs> no it's Jesus. okay. I've been there. It's like, I've done it too. I'm guilty. But like, no, I just don't. It was, I don't. No, trust me. I, I fully back you. I think we had Mitch, our buddy Mitch Bread on. And um, I think he said backsmith stalls. Like yeah, with the foot, with the with foot, the foot oh, holder, heel hanging, the, the heel, yeah, yeah. With the heel. That's so fair. yeah, I feel you. And I only did the feeble yesterday because I was going too slow to get into Axel. You know, when you're like desperate yeah. and you just like get the feeble. Exactly. Yeah, and it like pisses me off. Like I still will get into feeble like by accident. I'm just like, oh my god, it's like, <laughs> like ruins my whole fucking day. I'm just like, no, I don't want to get into this feeble. That's right so now. funny. Yeah, I remember when we were all younger, like and skated mini ramp more. I swear we all used to do this. We'd drop in, axle stall, come back, feeble stall, go back, back 5-0, and then finish it with the backsmith. And like, <laughs> yep. just thinking we had like all these tricks, but it's like, just do a fucking axle stall. <laughs> just do it. Four times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? I think uh, aired a fakie over this diving board backyard pool. Sick. Worst trend you've been a part of? I think the DC high tops that were like really neon colorful. I had oh, a, I had a couple pairs of those. That's how much I was on the trend. That's some Minnesota things, eh? That yeah, is <laughs> some Minnesota things, eh? Some small town for things sure. for sure. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I thought they were so cool. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Kyle Walker, but it's not out yet. I yeah, it was super scary. Weird on the streets is he's going crazy right now. So I have to see what he's working on. I believe it. I've seen it. <laughs> What's the one trick that got away? God, every, every trick. <laughs> so many tricks. And Ollie DeFakey over the channel at Washington Street, but I'm going to go back for it, I think. So it's not away for long. You got that. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? <laughs> I think it's me. I think I'm I'm the biggest pun I've ever witnessed. Thinking I can do <laughs> shit that I have no business doing all the time. Yeah, I feel like honestly probably probably myself. Yeah, we'll take it. Doing some saying some crazy shit <laughs> I'm gonna do. You're a bunter just like me. It's all good. <laughs> Everyone's got a little claim in them, you know. Exactly, yeah. Dream a little bigger than uh you can actually go. Exactly last new trick you learned i think it was vario flips Ooh, nice yeah brian I, anderson swag yeah I, i'm obsessed with them too i love those doing them dream job after skating i think it would be like a, a designer maybe like a personal stylist or like designer sick favorite local brand after hours skate shop favorite local skater uh i would say tanner Bumpy message on Instagram. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, I feel like he doesn't have he doesn't have much shine, but he's so good. He's so good. Underrated. That day that we like very randomly met at your old place with Nora's, uh, mm-hmm. like when you lived with Nora, you were hurt so you didn't come skate. But I met Tanner that day, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this dude is so good. He's so good, yeah, and he skates both ways. He skates like bowls, like regular and street like goofy or one way or the other i don't know he's really sick. oh really i didn't know that yeah he can skate like it's crazy his ledge game is just 
stupid. Yeah. Favorite teammate ever? I guess Nora. Poopla days. Damn, say it with your chest. What the hell was that? <laughs> Fucking Nora. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, duh. Nora. <laughs> Worst teammate ever. Yeah, for sure, Jake. Jake Anderson. <laughs> loud and proud. <laughs> that fucking guy. He's so yeah. loud. Mostly. Yeah, you're not the first. Uh, Austin Gillette also threw him under the bus. His worst teammate, if I remember correctly. Perfect. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Worst company. Karyuma. <laughs> wow. Easy target. <laughs> why Why That's, are they so shit? I don't understand. Just I don't know. I just logo? hate, the, I the hate leaf their logo. logo. Yeah, it's so bad. I mean, I think, it's, like, whatever. They're shit. Fucking yeah. <laughs> It does. The shoes actually look like shit. I was going to try to justify them, but I'm just like, whatever. Poor Luan, man. Worst trend. Worst trend, slouchy beanies. <laughs> right? <laughs> The like, one where they have like they like hang the at the neck. back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. That's, that's a worst. good one. That's a first. I like that. Yeah. I like that too. Worst style. Uh Jake Anderson. Worst style. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Double. That's the boy. Woo. Jake, you heard oh. that? It's gonna be good. No, I can't MVP say someone like Jitley who I think has the worst style. It's yeah, I think Jake can handle you know? it. Jake yeah. can handle it. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, okay. Skin. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, this is unrelated, but that kickback tail he did in Puerto Rico is one of the most crazy fucking Dude, things ever. He's so good, actually, but we're not going to talk about how good he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last but not least, Nicole, last person you want on the sesh. Like a random, a random street walking guy that's trying to fucking tell me how to do a frontside air or something. I don't know. You know, like <laughs> yeah. when you're trying something and that's a good just one. Like somebody who's like, "Yeah, you can do it," and you're like, "Yeah." If I would have fucking could have done it, I would have already, and you wouldn't be here <laughs> telling me. You know, oh, I think yeah. I think that's the last person you want to say. Especially like as a as a girl, like you get like a lot more like somebody that really thinks they like they can help you they want to like help you more because you're a girl or something they're like you and you're like just shut the fuck up oh yeah you're like you don't even know you don't even know how many fucking days i've been doing this yeah fabi definitely echoed those sentiments when we had her on i could <laughs> only imagine how annoying that must be <laughs> yeah it's yeah. pretty annoying but um, I know it happens to everybody, but yeah, just the just the random people that like don't know anything about skateboarding, but want to want you to help you today for some reason. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. I need yeah. that fucking help. I need the help. <laughs> the pointers. You need <laughs> fucking the help me, please. <laughs> the pointers. Yeah. The street walkers. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with Nicole. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the pod. Safe has been working hard to get you in here and you made it happen of course i'm stoked happy to be in here it's been on it's been on the back of my mind for a long time now so glad to do it it's done done now nicole hopefully see you this summer i'm sure we'll bump into you sooner than later for sure Welcome back to the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Dickie Skateboarding. 
quality workwear since 1922. From the worksite to the streets, ain't nobody keep you fitted like Dickies. Ghost, last post office of the season, baby. Let's get it cracking. Oh, shit, eh? All right, let's see what the people are saying these days, man. These crazy bastards all over the world that we love. You've got mail. All right, first up, we got a voice note from Peter Morris. Let's take a listen. Hey, Stefa and Donovan. It's uh, Peter. It was a pleasure meeting you guys this weekend. And my question for you is, uh, Dono, did you end up uppercutting Rob from Plus? And did you guys end up getting any clips? All right. Hope you guys had a good time. Talk to you later. Peace. Peter. Peter, you nosy bastard. Um, thanks for the voice note. <laughs> Just kidding. Donald, did you uppercut the mandem? No. No uppercuts. No fights. Not even some... Uh, not even an exchange of pleasantries, really. He, uh, Rob ended up being the sweetest, nicest guy probably we've ever met, man. So shout out Rob <laughs> plus skateboarding in Detroit. Uh, no, no ill will there, man. That's that's our dog for life now. Yeah, that's high praise, man. Um, the sweetest person you've ever met. Wow. But yeah, Rob. Well, uh, who, dope dude. Can, don't get too serious here, man. He's a nice guy, all right? <laughs> yes, I believe, or I know, we both got a clip in Detroit, but I don't think either of us want to use them. So we will be back in August to try and uh, stack up some mo. But uh, we went with 13 friends and uh, people were clipping up left, right, and center. The bunt video is uh, off the... Uh, fuck. What's that saying? Off, off the block. The racing block or whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. It's popping. It's wicked. All right, next up, we've got an email from Phoenix Harmon. All right, you Canadian bacon boys, I got a few rapid-fire questions for each of you. What's a board brand you wouldn't be caught dead riding? And what's your favorite board brand? And on a little sports thing, name your favorite Pittsburgh Steeler player of all time and one off the current roster. All right, so we'll spark it. Board brand you wouldn't be caught dead riding, Ghost. My brain's not... Uh fully working right now so i'm just gonna go with the easy uh pizza skateboards what's wrong with your brain so a little hungover <laughs> i'll go with uh, mystery white dip it's a little extra for me next oh, up shit. favorite board brand that's an easy one man it's real skateboards yeah jim Gosh, go with a classic, man. Shorties. Oh, shit. Uh, favorite Pittsburgh Steeler of all time? I'm a newer NFL fan, so it's going to be someone recent. Let me just throw who I still think is my favorite running back to watch. The steeziest man. Patience is a virtue. Le'Veon Bell. Loved watching him. I will go with... Troy Paul Malu, the flying Hawaiian man. And then favor off the current roster. She you already know. Kenny Pickett, baby. My oh. guy for the next ten years. 
let's just say uh, we're sailing off into the sunset together, man, as champions. I can't wait. That's just gross, man. I'm going to go with TJ Watt. Could potentially be the best player in the league someday in the next year or two, man. Real shit, real shit. All right, next up, we got a voice note from Brian Hansen. Wagwan, blood. Hey. Hey, Bunt. Seifa, Dono, Ants. This is Swash. Long time, first time. Got a couple things for y'all today. First, see this kid occasionally at the park, and every time it's the same deal. I'm skating flat. Look over. He's trying the same trick as me. So, try to be the bigger man. Switch it up, do a different trick. Look over. He has switched to that same trick. So, I don't know what the deal is here. If you've guys seen this before, you know what's going on. I'm sure I should just brush it off, move on. But this kid's kind of kooky. It's weirding me out. Love to know what you guys think about that. Uh, second thing is brands that we looked up to when we were growing up. iPath for me was the brand that I loved growing up. Loved their shoes, loved their team. Obviously, they've been dead for years. And a resurgence would be incredible in my eyes. But I know that a lot of what I loved about that brand was the team. Like Carl Watson, Matt Rodriguez, Adelmo Jr., all those dudes in their prime. And I'm wondering if some of these big brands from back in the day can make a comeback, even though they're not going to have that same representation, the same team. Um, I don't know. What's your thoughts? That's all I got. No fake energy or over-the-top accent needed. Appreciate the show. Take it easy. For the kid, I'd say, I don't know what the age gap is there. You sound like, uh, you know, a mature dude. I don't know if this kid is like 10, 15, 17. But, you know, it can be harsh, but we definitely learned some lessons the hard way uh, when we were younger, getting yelled at by uh, Jimbo or Outdoor Adam. I'm not saying yell at the kid, but uh, sometimes kids just got to learn. Uh, so if you just go up to him and say, yo, listen, I don't know you, but just a heads up, like snaking someone's trick or like just copying what someone else is doing is uh, kooky. And I'm sure you don't want to be known as a kook. So maybe just uh, work on if if you see something I'm doing that you want to try and learn, do it on your own time. But doing it at the same time is just not a good look. Just try and break it down for him. Maybe yell at him if it feels good. I don't know. Who cares? But he's got to learn that lesson better better now than later when he's like too late to come back from kook status. You know what I'm saying? Save this kid. Focus his responsibility. Board. Do whatever. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're dead on. It's the fucking team. Let's say there was like five guys that are really sick right now that iPath was like, yo, let's bring it back with this new team. Like just fucking call it something else. Just... If you got talent for a team, just start something fresh because we've seen it a lot in the last 10 years or so. Bringing back brands rarely works. Yeah. They rarely reclaim former glory. You know what the problem is now is that that team had such an image. Like it was clearly like had the Rasta, you know, kind of hippie vibe. Like same with Satori. Nowadays, everybody's just the same. So you're not going to like... 
there's no one that's gonna fit iPad the way that they did before. You know what I mean? Just live in that nostalgia, bro, because it ain't coming back. Yeah, you don't want it to come back either, man. They'll just fuck it up for you. Disappoint you anyways. Exactly. Alright, next up, we've got an email from Mitchell W. Yo, thanks for another great season, Bump Boys. This has been an awesome one with all the legends y'all have had on. Clyde Singleton was a dream episode of mine. Anyways, after Donovan's story a couple weeks ago about Jimbo and the strip club incident, I think the people need another classic Jimbo story that we haven't heard yet. If I remember correctly, wasn't there another good one about Safa trying to bribe him some beer or something like that? Already can't wait for next season. Peace. So a little backstory, Jimbo Jack, uh, legend in these parts, would run the only indoor skate park at the time in downtown Toronto. So skating in the winter basically ran through Jimbo, man. He was, you know, the man who held the key to the doors. And luckily he took, took a liking to our squad as kids. One time I was at Shred and uh, they would always have skate videos playing pretty much like any other skate shop. But the TV broke down, and he, yeah. he he announced that the first person that would bring a TV down there would get to skate for free for life. So I think I called my mom and begged her, begged her to get down there as quick as possible. And she delivered, brought an old TV to shred that probably lasted three weeks. But I ended up skating for free for life, baby. That was actually a huge move by Jude's. Like yeah. That probably saved her so much money. And Tons of at money. the time, she was probably like annoyed. Yeah. But yeah, that that was a big one. Pr- props to her, man. She had the foresight. <laughs> that went from $10 a day daycare at Shred to free daycare at Shred, basically, for teenagers. <laughs> Jimbo fucked that one up. He should have never done that. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I remember like cleaning up the cans. Or like sweeping a little bit to try and get a free session while Donald would just stroll in there. Not a worry in the world. (laughs) Jimbo has a podcast too, by the way. Shred Central podcast. Yep, I'm sure he's telling his fucking psycho stories himself. Um, (laughs) There was another one. This was outside of Shred. It was at Markham Park. A legendary demo. The Flip Squad was there. Probably one of the best fucking demos that we saw as kids like all the fucking legends were in the building but i remember jimbo was smoking a doobie and i went up and i was like yo jimbo let me hit the doobie and he's like yeah sure and i was smoking and i pulled the filter out with my mouth like anybody's weed smoker knows how you can do that sometimes and he grabbed it out of my hand so angry he's like i'll never smoke with you again and i was like jesus christ you (laughs) fucking maniac it just popped out dude it's not the end of the world but like that's Jimbo in a nutshell is like can go zero to 100 in anger so fast. Oh man, I miss Shred. Yeah. You have one or no? A Jimbo story? Yeah. Fuck. Well, he already alluded to the one I told about the me and Aiden trying to bring tall cans and him yelling at us because he wasn't drinking uh, at that particular time. <laughs> But no, nothing else is coming to mind. I think you uh, you nailed it with a couple good ones there. All right. All right. Next up, we got an email from Tommy K for the postman. 
What has had the biggest influence on your personal style or skating in general? Shoe brands or board brands or a person? What were the brands or who? Also, a damn shame hearing you two disrespectfully speaking about the Celtics on the JK's episode. The bug comment and predictions stung in particular. I looked up the bunt Insta to try and figure out where to send this email, which is not even on the page. And I see D Jones squashing the beef with some Detroit fans while wearing a Boston hat. Gabe Vincent has SB ties, so that still outweighs Denver's zero rings for me, even after they beat Boston and me being a Boston fan. Who do you have winning the series? Love the pod. Oh, Tommy. Tommy. The last thing I'm going to do is feel bad for any sports fan from Boston, for fuck's sakes. You came to the wrong place looking for some goddamn sympathy. You know, you guys have done well and you love rubbing it in everyone else's faces. You can't even take a loss in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, for fuck's sakes, man. You know, we like to say this in our uh, group of friends. It's grow some fucking backbone, Tommy, because we ain't going to do it for you. Yeah, and uh, you're emailing us from Santa Barbara, California. So, the fuck are you even talking about Boston for, man? The Celtics, aka the Seas, aka the Cockroaches, are fucking done, son. On to the next one. Fucking scrubs. The Cockroaches have been exterminated Woo, by that Miami Heat. There's no, and they you know what? On the fucking flamethrower. And you know what? There's nothing good coming down the pipeline in Boston sports right now anyways, buddy. So you're looking towards a dry spell, and we absolutely love it. Two just epic collapses to the Celtics series and the Bruins. It's just glorious for uh, any non-Boston fans out here. Because I feel like everyone roots against Boston for the most part. That ain't from there. Because y'all win too much. Fuck y'all. And what a pathetic performance in in Game 7, too. Just despicable. Yeah, we'll get into that in the rundown, but hell yeah. I love that I sparked that right in the beginning of the JK's episode. I yeah. actually watched that. Like, that game was on right after the interview. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your original question, if you're still listening, you yep. haven't deleted uh, the pod out of your phone forever. Uh, biggest biggest influence. influence. Back to the well with this one, man. I got to go with Rob Welsh. Mm-hmm. I gotta go with uh, probably our brother Morgan Smith. Whoa. Just uh, just a lot of well Brian Wenning slash Morgan. So like Brian Wenning was a lot of our inspiration for like our trick selection, but then like just the trying to skate as much as possible and just like be methodical and like get your tricks on lock. That just came from being around Morgan. So probably like, yeah, the combo of like actually Duncan and Morgan when we were oh. super young skating. Jesus Christ, just, really? just in terms of like <laughs> the hours put in and like just trying to get better every day. And then trick selection, Brian winning. All right, Tommy. No hard feelings, man. But uh, there's no friends in sports. Next up, we've got an email from Norby Guerrero. Safa. Hit us with your hype gibberish to end the season. Plays. Uh, okay, I'll hit you with a little one-two right now. And then maybe I'll also close out the episode with some. A Norby Guerrero 
donde la man sing it. Never gets old. Uh, Still don't know what the fuck, fuck. you're saying. <laughs> All right, next up, we got an email from Brendan Barry. Hey, what up, Safe and Donald? It's your boy Barry from Colorado. Watching the Nuggets take game one from Miami. Two questions. Who's taking the finals this year? Because you already know who I'm betting on. Two, if you could draft one team member from an opposing team for the three-on-three battle at the Bunt Jam, which team would you steal from? Which skater are you picking and why? Big ups from Colorado. And can I get a box, you dig? I appreciate the backbone there, asking for a box out of the clear blue sky. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be a no, but I still respect it. Come to the Bunt um, Jam, though. We're giving away all sorts of free shit down there, man. Yeah, real shit, real shit. Goddamn free-for-all at the Bunt Jam this year, man. <laughs> uh, Who's taking the yeah. finals this year, man? NBA and NHL. Give them to them quick, man. Yeah, we'll get more specific in the rundown, but I'm going Denver and my Las Vegas Dark Knights. I uh, totally agree with that. And then also known as Golden Knights, but you know I st- I love the Dark Knights. Thanks for clearing that up. One team member from an opposing team. I mean, dude, if you saw the way that the button was moving in perfect harmony last year, started a little bit slow against the Dime team, and then pulled in our shooter off the bench, and you know things started clicking, and from there on out it was clear sailing. But with that being said. I would go ahead and steal Davis Torgerson, man. Nice little point guard, ball handler, someone who can uh, we can run the offense through because me and Safe got the size on the inside. So I go with Davis, man. And he got that dog in him. I know it. Yeah, he was looking like Steve Nash out there last year, aka dribbling for days, the longest possessions I've ever seen because his team was trash. So I don't even blame him. Mason, I hope you've been in the gym getting shots up. It's redemption season, but not not at the cost of us winning it again. You heard? <laughs> not a chance. Who would I take? I mean, for shits and giggles, I would just take our brother Nick Katz because he's just a bulldozer out there. Set some big old screens, and uh, he'll just come in for some quick energy off the bench and, and do some dirty work and uh, <laughs> buy some bottles out the club after. You yeah, know he knows how to celebrate win or lose, baby. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got an email from James Liston. What's up, Safe and Donovan? Big fan of the pod. Had this thought and wanted to write in to ask y'all. But what is a trick you guys have done every time you skated since you learned the trick? For me, I can almost 100% say I've done a Nolly Front 180 every time I've skated for the last 17 years. It's usually the first trick I'll do to get the legs going. Just thought it was interesting and that there's probably a trick for every skater that they have not gone without since they did it the first time. I mean, this is like, there's a lot of flat ground tricks I have to do every time I skate, man. Like, a lot. But probably like the first one is switch front shove. I think that's the easiest flat ground trick to do. That one gets the legs going. But I've actually found like the best way to warm up, man. Especially when you're old. Going through all the motions, doing your flat ground, doing your stretching, that's all fine and dandy. But if you just play one game of skate right at the jump, it's going to be ugly. 
it's going to be real ugly, especially at the beginning. But by the time you're done, you're warmed up, you're ready to skate. No more bullshit. Just find a good homie, you know, that you're not self-conscious about your skating with. You don't care what it looks like. And just play a game of skate right out of the, right off the jump, and you, you'll be good to go, man. Yeah, I like doing manuals to warm up because it just forces you to, like, use your muscles for a little longer. But the dream warm-up for me has always been shooting around for five minutes is it's just and you just walk over to your board and you you feel ready to go but uh there's not always a basketball net around so anyways one trick i i can't say there's a trick i've done every session because sometimes i literally skate for like two minutes uh but it's a boring one but fake yolly i'm just trying to picture like <laughs> when i'm at dunbat i just go in circles and just like don't want to fall for like five minutes you know just do like fakey ollies nollie 180s half cabs shoves fucking switch shoves fakey shoves nollie shoves all the easy ones but uh yeah fakey ollies let's go baby love that answer man Actually, I I uh, tend to do a nollie cab flip every session. Just uh, it's just pretty easy. Oh shit! Literally, while we were recording the post office, one more email came in. So Christian Vondering, you get to end it, my G. Hi, my name's Christian Vondering. <laughs> my question is: a lot of people say they like certain things before they blew up. Have you ever hated something before it got publicly hated? Shout out Ice Park and the Long Island skate scene. If you know, you know. At the buzzer, Christian. Um, this, uh, there is something, you know, and my hate is growing stronger for it. And under the um, wise, watchful eye of a good friend of ours, Tommy Tereshin, man, he's brought it uh, to our attention that seed oils oh my God. are just absolutely terrible for you. Everybody, watch out for your uh, seed oil consumption. Let's avoid seed oils at all costs, man. Jesus. You're so full of shit. You probably already ate seed oils today for breakfast. And <laughs> No, nah, man, everybody get that app and avoid seed oils in your diet, man. It's the number one cause of obesity here in North America, seed oils, cut that shit right out of your diet. Something oh. about how they're made, man. <laughs> <laughs> the industrial revolution. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you, okay, you're early on the seed oil hate trend. I respect that, you and Sixer. I mean, in bunt fashion, I'll just go with something that comes up multiple times per season caution hands whatever you want to call it mm. was never a fan and then uh it's been it's been funny doing the pod for what seven years now um knowing i'm not alone that shit sucked back then before we started the pod and it still annoys the hell out of me to this day put your damn hands down all right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the post office for season 17. It was a good one. 
They've all been good this season, and we look forward to getting to your questions next season. You know what it is. The Bunt Live at gmail.com. Emails, voice notes, pictures, videos. Send whatever you got, man, and make me and Safe uh, do some more polls next season. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. At the buzzer, buzzer, the good homie, Black TJ, in the nick of time. One more voice note. For the post office, let's take a quick listen here. Hey, what's good, Sunny Dogs? I was listening to some old episodes during the off season, and during one of those post offices, Dono mentioned that someone stole Cody Brown's shine, but it was a story he was going to save to tell him another day. So I was wondering if today's the day, if you would be able to tell the story of who stole Cody Brown's shine, if there is a story behind that. And yo, boys, I'm doing it. I'm gonna do a nice little drive from Minnesota to T Dot because flights are kind of pricey. To see the bunt jam, you dig, and you already know if you can spare some time from the festivities, you both got some green cans coming your way. You get me on me still yeah man another amazing season boys i hope the summer treats you well and yeah yo actually man this is super random but who is six year old you guys mentioned the name a decent amount on the show and i've just always wondered who is this six year old are they perpetually six years old do they have the mind of a six-year-old? Do you hang off a six-year-old? I don't know. Just who is six-year-old? I know it's super random, but I'm just curious. Um, that's just off top. Anyway, yo, I love you, boys. I'm going to catch you soon. Shtel. Peace. Okay. TJ, first off, man, if you make the drive from Minnesota to Dot. You best know the drinks are on us, brother. Not on you. They on us. We definitely get you right for the whole weekend, man. We got you. The dog. Um, shit. Cody Brown and six-year-old. Two of our closest homies, man. But, yo. Well, first of all, TJ, I love that you uh, actually got in at the very last second. And even in your email, you're like, I don't know if this is going to make it. You made it, bruv. Had to get you in here. We actually finished recording the post office hours ago, but saw this and just had to add it in because you're a legendary listener mm -hmm. and homie. Um, hype for you to pull up to Toronto. But yo, I couldn't remember what he was talking about. Who was stealing shine from Cody? I think it's Ryan Allen. We might need more context on that. I think I was oh. referencing that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's some, some old T-Dot drama where... Uh, a homie of mine, Ryan Allen, great photographer, I think didn't want to shoot some photos with Cody back in the day. And uh, it was just a sore subject for years because um, it just kind of blocked him from some maybe opportunities in the skate world in Canada. Cody's a tremendously talented skateboarder. You can uh, YouTube him. But yeah, that's just some old drama from back in the day that don't really want to revisit too much but uh cody is a legend that's for damn sure absolute legend and six-year-old is like we said another one of our closest friends um just been a homie since day one me cody six-year-old 
and the Williams brothers kind of came up as a little crew in Scarborough. And then um, from there, we branched on to meet Saifa, man. Saifa, why don't you tell us about the first time you ran into to my little Scarborough crew? Uh, how old were you guys? Yeah, how old were you guys when you all met? Well, I started playing some- hockey with six-year-old when I was probably like 10 or 11. So long time. And I knew at hockey, I had I was not skating, but I knew that he was a skateboarder. And our parents set up like a play date to hang out. And I was like, fuck, if I'm going to hang out with him, I'm going to need a skateboard. So I bought a skateboard. <laughs> and then he came over to my place and we were skating. And I had seen Cody. I didn't really know Cody yet, but I had seen him in the neighborhood that he had been skating. So when six-year-old got to my house, we had our boards. I was like, yo, we got to go check out this kid around the corner. He's already skating. So then we went and checked Cody. Cody had kickflips and heel flips from the jump. Wait, wait. What, did you knock on his door or was he already out skating? I don't even know this story. That's I don't know, man. Maybe we knocked it. But like this was at the age where you're always outside. So he was like in yeah, the neighborhood yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere. I don't think we knocked on his door. But we definitely went and investigated around Cody's neck of the woods. <laughs> and then fuck. One thing leads to another, and we're fucking been boys for fuck twenty five years or something like that. Yeah, man, the trio, the three of us, been through fucking many a beefs together, man. The two of those fucking <laughs> bastards, me and skateboard Jake's and his brother Jesse. But just because you know podcasts yeah. are meant for storytelling, I'll give you a quick uh, Cody Brown and six year old story, man. Me and Cody lived at Warden Station, and Tommy was a little bit further into Scarborough. But we were at a subway station, and when you would come out of this one subway station, you had to walk under this massive bridge, and you could climb up to the top of the bridge. And me and Cody ran up to the top of the bridge one time because we knew Tommy was coming behind us. And I was like, yo, let's throw some rocks down and scare six-year-old. Cody was like, all right, wicked idea. So we get some rocks, and our six-year-old comes out from under the bridge, and we start throwing rocks. And we're scaring him. He's covering his head. And then he takes his hands off his head at one point and to look up and tell us to stop. And Cody throws a rock <laughs> that pings him right in the top of the head off the bridge. Oh. The guy's head's fucking bleeding. And if you know Cody, like one of the most stubborn individuals ever, he ain't going to apologize or admit he's wrong no matter what. He'll just argue till he's dead. They get into an yeah. argument over it. And at the end of it, like the end all be all statement was Cody told him, you deserved it. And uh, (laughs) I don't know how that ever ended up coming out of his mouth, but that split our squad in half for, I think, a whole summer. Sad times. But uh, we reunited and all was well again. Oh, my God. I remember our little beefs. It'd be like someone's not talking to someone for like two weeks and it turns into a month. And then eventually they'd always get squashed. But, oh, man. Yeah. Teenage days, man. Good times. Lovely. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll tell. Well, actually, yeah. Did you say like Tommy? We called him six-year-old because like he kind of had a baby face and a high-pitched voice. And like as we were all going into adolescence, he kind of still looked like a little kid. And uh, he had nice long hair. And if you see him now, TJ, you'll meet him at the Bunt Jam. He's uh, 
There's no hair left, and he looks like a grown-ass man these days. He's jacked. Yeah. But we still call him six-year-old or sixer. It just stuck, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, first time I remember meeting these guys, I want to say it was the summer of grade eight. So I don't know what age you are, maybe like 13, some, somewhere around there. And uh, me and my best friend, Phil, were the duo and then yeah our, our crew got bigger over time but uh me and phil were down there didn't really know anyone and then these fools came around the corner six had the cleanest nollies off the cbc ledge donna was doing some like gap to manny's they just came in with like bare confidence and me and phil were like uh hadn't been skating as long and we're just like in awe just watching them i don't even think we talked to them that day or maybe like a quick what up and then you know you start to bump into the same like people around your age all over downtown weekend after weekend it's inevitable uh new friendships start to form but i'll always remember that first cbc sesh seeing you guys and then i've already told this story on the pod but the time we saw you guys at cummer park and the wasp was flying (laughs) the wasp was flying around and uh wait what happened it was flying around cody yeah, yeah, it was flying around Cody and Phil laughed a little bit. And Cody was no slide nollie flipping the rail when we were like too scared to board slide it. So like he was the best skater at the park that day. Like we were in awe of him. And then uh, the wasp was flying around Cody and Phil made the mistake of chuckling was when Cody was like trying to wave it away. And then the wasp flew around Phil's head. And then Cody snapped in true Cody fashion. He's like, the wasp is around you now. You think it's fucking funny? <laughs> Uh, uh, Cody, man. So yeah, Cody. We gotta get Cody on the fucking pod, eh? Shit. Two Toronto legends, at the very least, to talk some hockey. Two Toronto legends that uh, both mean a lot to us, man. And the Phil Mendelson, Cody Brown history is rich, rich beyond its years, man. Two, uh, two funny guys right there. Yeah, the fight at Wellesley Subway Station will never be forgotten. Absolutely not. Phil's a little guy, and he he beat Cody, and we all went crazy. Like uh, like your favorite team just won Game Seven. The whole crew exploded, <laughs> and uh, Cody was. <laughs> he'll never live it down, but don't bring it up to him because he might just punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. All right, now that really, really, really wraps up the post office, man. We'll catch y'all next season. This is The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, and we are very pleased to have great friend of the show and founding father of the Bunt Jam from the real team, Davis Torgerson, man. What's cracking, dog? Dude, founding father. Wow, dude. When's my check come in the mail? Just just give me one of them big checks, dude. I don't care. Yeah, one of those fake ones. <laughs> Has one of those ever been cashed? And <laughs> that's a, <laughs> who's taking one of them to the bank, dude? That's what I want to know. Ghost, what's up? Someone's dude? dumb enough. Uh, wait. Oh, did you say ghost? Yeah. My bad. <laughs> uh, sorry, Davis, my brother. Happy to have you back on the pod here. Uh, we're just uh, in the first half of Game Two of the NBA Finals, so I'm a little distracted. <laughs> I know we're about to get into some NHL talk, so my brain's already drifting away. 
Yeah, but at some point, dude, I gotta bring up you just completely uh, ghosting me on the pod when it came to golf talk, dude. Oh, yo, did you not hear my sincere apology the next week after you called me out? <laughs> I I tried to make it right, but yes, uh, Davis, I'll I'll say it again for the people, Davis caught his first eagle of his life. How long you been playing golf? Too long. Okay, a long time, and we're in the cart between holes, and he's like, yo, I've never had an eagle in my life. Fast forward maybe like two, three holes, and the mandem chipped in and fucking eagle from like, I don't know, what was that, 60, 60 yards, something? Yeah, 70 fucking yards. Fucking hectic. Yeah, but I'm listening to Zion's interview, and he's talking about golf, and, and Saver's like, damn, hell yeah, yeah, cool, and he's like... Yeah. Yeah, I actually golf with your teammate Gage and, and with Mike Mo out in California last time I was there. I'm like, okay, damn. Like, I set up the round and I was with him, riding in the car with him, but he didn't mention my name. Okay, cool. Oh. He's like, yeah, yeah, Gage is real nice with it. And Zion's like, yeah, last time I talked with Gage, he holed out for Eagle. It's crazy. And I'm like, okay. And and Safe is just. Now's my chance. Uh, oh, damn. Yeah, that's sick, dude. And that was it. <laughs> that's <Homie>. terrible. <laughs> Oh, that hurts. I've been in that situation where you're like expecting like, well, like your props to come and then you just get swept under the rug. So, apologies. apologies. You old man. It it was legendary. I wish we had. I wish someone fucking filmed that. It was pretty cool because me and Davis couldn't see the shot. Like you know when you just hit it and you're like, all right, we'll go like see where that landed. Oh, now he remembers it. But I think Gage's oh, dad. Yeah, it's all coming back to him. <laughs> I think Gage and his dad could see it, yeah. like drop, yeah. and so they were freaking out, and we didn't know like what was happening as we were driving over. Epic moment. Um, apologies on spacing on that. That's right. I'll take a beer in Toronto to punch him on you. Oh, we we got you. We got you. I got you. Yeah, this, there will be plenty of those. Yeah, <laughs> and the steam whistle doesn't count. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't Jesus. you worry. Don't you worry. All right, all right, all right. All right, Davis, you're here for one reason and one reason only, man. It's the NHL talk. Give us a quick assessment of the Minnesota Wild season, man. Mm. My assessment is that we played the entire season $12 million less than the rest of the teams. And to be mm-hmm. honest, it was a disappointment to lose in the first round yet again. Everyone talks about... The, the Maple Leafs and their first round disappointment. Well, we've lost mm-hmm. we've lost eight straight first rounds, and no one talks about us. But that's all right. Ontario bias, no big deal. And nobody cares. Yeah, but apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? To just to get to the playoffs is such a big success for a team that is kind of scraping it together. We have really one player that is a superstar, and Kirill Kaprizov played amazing. But when it got to the playoffs, one point in six games that hurts but you know what in two years when the when the buyouts of Parisi and Suter are off the books got some caps cap uh, space to spend some contracts off the books Kirill's still under contract I gotta bide my time but I think it's gonna be alright I don't know I, I, I you know we could talk about uh, the future of the Maple Leafs with Dono but uh, I don't know if he really wants to look into two years down the road with them. Bro, wow, the, the chirps the, are coming. The Maple Leafs are going to be just fine. Everyone loves to hate, but we still got the core four locked up for at least one more year. 
And people love to come play here in Toronto. You know why? Because the spotlight's on them, man. You do well, and you're going to sign a big contract somewhere else. But before we move on to the Maple Leafs, just a quick thought on um, the progress of Felino. You still like Felino as a player? You want to keep him around? Because we could use a guy like that. How much you want to pay, dude? He's yours. I mean, <laughs> he's a great guy to have in the locker room. He brings a certain physical play. But for three and a half million, I don't know if uh, I don't know if I'm uh, dying to keep him. If you know what I mean? I think that, like, like I said, we are in a cap. We we bought out some contracts, so we have a cap. You're in cap hell cap right straight. now. Yep. So he's a great dude. He had like 25 points. He had like 10 goals. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit of a fall off from last year, but I still like a guy like Felino. You guys gave up Greenway and then brought in Reeves in whatever order that was in. But you guys always, you have the toughness. You, you definitely need some scoring. Maybe we can work on a, a little Mitch Marner trade or something. Who knows? But well, <laughs> a, a worse signing, signing Parise and Suter long-term in what one probably thought was the greatest summer for the Minnesota Wild. You probably thought there were great things to come, bringing in those two superstars in the uh, bloated contracts. Or us signing John Tavares, man. Tavares, because you guys knew... <laughs> because when we when, when, when we paid for Parisi and Suter, oh, it, was bef- it was before the recent CBA, and there was such a different cap structure... And they changed it midway through those contracts. And so it turned out the buyout and the and the cap recapture penalty, if they were to retire, get hurt, leave, is so much greater. But when you guys signed Tavares to that eight-year deal, it was you, you knew exactly what, what the annual hit was going to be. And you know what I'll say? The Prezi and Suter uh, contracts, yeah, is it a failure? I, I wouldn't say it's a failure because did we win a cup? No. But the Wild at that time were so Did you win a round? They were so... So they were so mediocre. Yeah, we did. We did. We won two. We won two two rounds with them. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but the, the the thing that was more important with them is that we were so uh, stuck in the mud, so to speak. We were kind of fighting for the playoffs every year. It was so stagnant. And when we got them, it made us a talking point in the NHL. We were nothing. No one talked about the Minnesota Wild. And when we signed them, we were relevant immediately. They brought other free agents into Minnesota. People wanted to come play in Minnesota because they were there. And so, yeah, it was crazy because back then you could sign someone to a 13-year contract. That's not allowed anymore. But that was yeah. what it took because the Red Wings were offering 12 years to to them. You know, there were other teams that were offering that type of term to them. But they, they wanted to be together and we both gave it to them. So, look, I understand that it hurts right now and it was the right move to buy them out and we're paying the goddamn price for it and it was needed to happen but at the time and from what happened it i think it made that i think it made minnesota hockey in the nhl at least a little bit more of a uh, talking point and a team that was on people's radars so it's not a complete failure um as much as it hurts to every year i have to say well we uh can't sign anyone because we have a dead cap hit The, the Tavares contract, it's it's to pay over $10 million for that guy. And you have so many years left. And yeah, I guess he's a second-line center. That's cool. 
80 points, I man. I think a point per game player. Your, uh, I think you're trying to deflect your shit, dude. Well, I'm not <laughs> deflecting it. You're the only guy here that I can talk to, uh, about hockey with. Save is not going to know who plays for the Minnesota Wild. He couldn't name one guy. But uh, See Stu. Used to. Yeah, that was years yeah. ago. Um, he's still a point baby. of game player. I got no problem with John Tavares, man. For me, the if I'm moving one of the $10 million players, it's, it's Mitch Marner easily. Uh, we're not going to get anything back for Tavares because no one's going to want to pay the cap hit. But people are already knocking on our door for Mitch Martin, man. Carolina's already coming. They're going to give us two players for him. Um, sky's the limit trading Mitch Martin, and I couldn't be happier to be in that position. Yep, centers cost more, and Tavares is a center, Marner's a wing. And you said no one's uh, no one's trading for Tavares. Well, he's got no move, so he ain't leaving the Leafs. He doesn't yeah, want to leave, you so can make he gets it. final say on that. That's just one conversation away from having this guy agree to move, man. You know how it works in this business. If you got to trade them, they're going to get moved. No doubt about it. Um, let's get into the All playoffs right. real quick. Biggest disappointment and biggest success story for you in the NHL playoffs, aside from the Florida Panthers, obviously. Yeah. Well, aside from disappointing in Kirill Kaprizov, which I aforementioned, I'm going to say the biggest disappointment is Linus Allmark. This mm-hmm. guy is going to win the Vezina Trophy. Everyone was talking about the Boston Bruins and how good they are. They were the best regular season team in history, and they were. And everyone talked about Linus Allmark as a guy that was a no-brainer starter. He's winning the Vezina. He's the best goaltender right now. And hindsight 2020 you look back and yeah he kind of split duties with jeremy swayman the entire time yeah but yet but yet they ride linus allmark the entire time and it comes out after that linus was battling an injury or something oh, i don't want to hear about like, that which sounds which sounds like just complete aftershot uh oh i wasn't really feeling it um i don't know the fact that they couldn't beat the florida panthers they were the best regular season team and their goaltender who's winning the best goaltender trophy for the regular season kind of laid a dud. I'm going to say Linus Allmark. What about you? They were absolutely stacked too. Bringing in Orlov, bringing in Bertuzzi, bringing in Hathaway. Like that lineup was top to bottom stacked. It's one of those things, man, when you go chasing those meaningless records in the regular season, this is the type of shit that can happen to you in the playoffs, man. And yeah, they'll go down as the best regular season team of all time, but no one's going to remember, unfortunately, man. For me, the biggest disappointment comes by the name of three players, Evander Kane, Hyman, and Nugent Hopkins. Three bums couldn't help out the two best players in the world in McDavid and Dreisaitl, and that's probably pretty much the only reason the Oilers are at home right now, man. Yeah, well, I mean, they they got past the first round. God, they were so hot coming into the playoffs, so it, it, it totally makes sense, especially Nugent Hopkins, a 100-point scorer in the regular Insane. season. He was fighting guys in the regular season. He felt so good. He beat up Justin Hall in Toronto. <laughs> guy's like 45 pounds. And then absolutely nothing in the playoffs. That does suck, and I feel for all those fans. I don't know. It, it's so tough because you have the two biggest superstars in the league on the same team. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they're fighting it. And it's Edmonton. And being in America, no no one that watches hockey in America has them on their radar, I, I want to say, especially like casual viewers. It's a shame for the NHL to have those two players, yeah. you know, not surrounded by a little bit more depth. Um, if I'm going to think of what's my biggest success story of the playoffs, 
I'm gonna go with. I'm, I, I might be a little bit of a crackhead right now and say the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> oh, I like that. Second year in the league, and they beat the defending cup champion, the Colorado Avalanche. They were down Landeskog, who didn't play the entire year, and the Avalanche still won the division. So they're still a good team. They lost Nachushkin for some things that happened. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, they showed that they're well-coached, they're deep, they run four lines, they're a pain in the fucking ass to play against. And normally when a team is a grind, grinded out team, they're deep, no no star power, it's like a boring team to watch, like the Vegas Golden Knights were in the finals. But the Kraken were so fast, they're, they're, they all skate very well. Every Watching them every game was so much fun. And I feel like that a lot of fans who maybe their team was eliminated, weren't in the playoffs, or just hockey fans watching them, realized how much fun the Seattle Kraken are. And I think that that's maybe the biggest success story, is just seeing the the Seattle Kraken kind of like, hey, they're a legitimate team in the NHL. What about you? For me, let me just just, uh, interject for a second. I think I asked Donald this off air, but uh, do you guys... Is there any frustration specifically with these two expansion teams seeing how quickly they've done better than your two teams? Like oh, it's it's crazy Jesus to see them Christ. just advancing through the playoffs. Like Donna, you start, dude. <laughs> yeah. In one sense it's good for the NHL, which is probably the the most struggling of the four major sports. You don't want to see expansion teams come in and just be terrible forever cuz then the league's not going to grow and it just shows that there are that many good players out there that there can be more teams so it's great for the game of hockey obviously it's frustrating but like man i'm used to the frustration with the maple leaf so literally it's no sweat off my back anymore man i don't really expect much from the maple leafs and or anyone in the delusional big three of sports fandom so i'm used to it man no it doesn't bother me and i actually like to see it for the kraken man it's it's a bunch of players who were kind of like not overlooked, but could be superstars on a new team that they couldn't on their own. So, so good for them. Um, I'll say, yeah, it's frustrating <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Because I know when the wild were an expansion team in 2000, the rules were completely different. Their roster was half of what Seattle or Vegas got. And it's most frustrating with Vegas because they were given this new set of rules for expansion and they completely took advantage of it, whether it was the players they were able to take or the trades they were able to make in expansion when it was Mm -hmm. every team had their protected list, right? But if someone was unprotected and Vegas called and said, hey, we're going to take this player, they they did this beforehand, they would call the GM and the GM would say, okay, if you're going to take that player, we'll give you this, this, and this to take this other player because we really want to keep this player. And Mm -hmm. Vegas was able to take advantage of that. They got prospects like with Minnesota. We didn't want to give up Eric Stahl or Matt Dumba. For some reason, we didn't want to give up Eric Stahl. I don't get it. But so we made this deal. Okay, you're going to take Eric Halla and we're going to give you Alex Tuck. And Alex Tuck is a great player. And they ended up trading him for Jack Eichel, who is now their best player. So it's one of those things where Vegas really was able to take advantage of the system with the new rules. Where mm-hmm. And then after that, Seattle had not the same advantage because every GM in the league was aware of like, no, just take them. Just take whoever you want. We're not giving up prospects. We're not giving up anything. We're not giving up first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But that worked but, out just as good as well. Yeah, yeah. In year two, year one was was not the same. In year one with Vegas, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, which yeah. was very frustrating. And it's only frustrating because being a fan for a while, and then this new team comes in and they have yeah. postseason success. That's it. Other than that, what Dono said is very accurate. Where look, this is really good for the league. Those two fan bases, where they're not traditional hockey markets, have shown that they're amazing fan bases and. Good but, for them. I think they but, deserve it. Will these fan bases survive mm-hmm. when the losing comes? Because the losing will <laughs> fucking come. Yeah. We know yeah. this. No one's going yeah. to that barn in Vegas when they're losing 60 games a year. And I don't know when it will come, but it probably will, man. Yeah. And no, I also don't get to see these teams very often. I live in the East. I'm in bed by 1030. Davis <laughs> has to live with these two monster new teams, not me, man. Yeah, Donald's not watching too many San Jose Sharks games. I got no time for that now that Joe Thornton and Chichu are gone, man. Even when they had him, you weren't watching them. Only in the playoffs. So, my (laughs) biggest success story, Bruce Cassidy, run out of town in Boston. Guys were leaving the team. Krejci retires because of the coach. Everyone hates the coach. They ran him out of town last year. Bruce Cassidy finds a new job in Vegas. And look at him now. He's living life. I mean, I bet you during the regular season there was uh, he regretted it a little bit just seeing the success that Boston was having. But now he's in the Stanley Cup Finals, and uh, I'd say I couldn't be happier for him. But I don't really care about him at all. So, what's a success story? You know, I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because his run in Boston was so good, and those teams were always competitive. Mm-hmm. They obviously have a good roster, but. Whatever his coaching method was, it clearly ran thin because there was talks of Jake DeBrus getting traded. He was over it. Krejci had to leave the team, go back to Czechia, mm. where he's from, just to get away from Boston. And he leaves. And it's kind of crazy because Boston hires Jim Montgomery. They have the best regular season of all time. They lose, but no one's going to not hire uh, Bruce Cassidy. So yeah. Vegas has an opening. They hire Bruce Cassidy. Here they are in the Stanley Cup Finals. It ain't running thin there right now. No, he's on his fucking fifth goaltender as well. Bruce just getting the job done. Man. That that just shows the parity in the NHL, and whether you like it or not, I think it's what makes the sport really fun is that any team at any moment can win. It's not... I don't know. It's not about your big three that you have. It's not about, you know... It's not about your core four either, man. <laughs> yeah, you we'll see how long it. that core four lasts too. You need it's not about it. it's not about there's only 17 games in the season. You got to win a certain amount. It's not about yeah. there's a hundred and there's three thousand games in a season and you're, I don't know baseball. Yeah, but you know you, you you try to win as many games and you get in the playoffs and any eight seed can make it to the finals as we've seen right now. Mm-hmm. The brand new Los Angeles Kings, the Florida Panthers, man. Everyone's making that comparison, yeah. So we got one game down, the Golden Knights and the the Panthers. Vegas up one. What's your prediction for the finals? I was going to say Vegas in six, which I think is a very popular prediction because it's not – it's basically saying that everyone thinks Vegas is the better team and they're going to win, but they're trying to give some respect to the Panthers and saying, ah, they'll they'll push into six games – 
And I'm sticking with it. Again, Vegas plays a game that is so boring. There's nothing when you watch the game that makes you jump out of your seat. And sometimes with Florida, whether it be Bobrovsky or Barkov faking it through the legs and scoring, or Kachuk being an absolute pest, which is so fun to watch, especially when he's not playing against your team. I just think that Vegas is so structured. They're so big. They're so boring. They're going to win. <laughs> what do you think, Donna? Yeah, I got to agree. But um, I actually think the Panthers could push it to seven, man. The Panthers, they love playing in these close games. They love mixing it up. At the end of the third period in game one, usually when a team's down two with however many minutes left, you know, you see them kind of give up a little. They they mix it up, man. Kachuk and Bennett get kicked out of the game for starting shit just like you would expect them to. And I think Florida comes back and steals the next one in Vegas, man. It's just what they've done the whole playoffs. They get the job done when they need to in the close games. And I think we're going seven, which uh, people are saying it's uh, not a boring finals, but no big markets in there. But I think they're gonna. it's going to be must-see TV. What a time to be a sports fan in South Florida. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, I, I, what did I say, Donald? I think I said before, did they go to game seven or game six in the last round? Vegas. They went six. to game six and they blew them out. Yeah, I called when before that game, I was like, they're going to win tonight and then they're going to win it in six in the finals. Let's see. You know, I'm Nostradamus when it comes to this hockey shit, bro. Oh, Jesus. All right, Davis, before we let you go, let's talk a little bit of three-on-three bunt jam. You were in there last year. Things didn't go exactly as planned for you and your squad. Uh, What are you going to do different this year? You're bringing a new team, I heard, man. Yeah, we... uh... We've done we've done some scouting in the off season. We were, we were scouting uh, minor leagues, all the flow kids, you know, everyone past and present. I think we've assembled a roster that is uh, ready to go the distance this year. Um, everyone can kick flip, so they're going to be eligible, and that's there we go. You know, oh, really shots. important. Fired. Uh, you know, Andrew. and I think uh, <laughs> I think un- <laughs> I think uh, yeah, unless there's uh, some six foot eight baller. Um, I don't see anyone that can get in our way uh, unless that you guys are able to structure the bracket in your favor for the second time. Well, the six foot eight baller actually uh, lost to us in the finals. So a team full of skaters, you know, ready to defend home court once again. We uh, we can't wait to see you there in less than uh, in about a month, man. So uh, I hope you're eating better. Your diet's improved. You're working on your stamina because it's gonna be hot here in Toronto in July, man. I just want to make sure you're in tip-top shape. No, I've 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 hired a coach, a personal trainer, personal coach. <laughs> uh, I hope that Jim pays. I, I sent Jim the invoices for the tab on that. Okay, they haven't been paid yet, but it, it should go through. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, Jim. If you, if you're listening, please please pay those. Um, so yeah, everything will will be good to go. Yeah. I can't right, wait. Davis, I'm can't wait to see you there. Dreaming of blocking Davis's pathetic <laughs> layup attempt at some point. We gotta. We might have to rig the bracket to fucking play you guys because oh, so many uh, funny moments, so much funny potential when we blow you guys out. Uh, it's gonna be glorious. If I'm going up for a layup, that means that I blew by you and you're still at the top of the key. So <laughs> your, your wingspan ain't that big, baby. Six five, baby. <laughs> mm. 
Let's go. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I can't wait for it this year, boys. Uh, it was so much fun last year, and it's going to be even better this year. Fuck yeah, brother. Can't wait to have you back in Toronto. Uh, looking forward to it, man. Good luck. Well, actually, I don't know why people always say good luck when they don't mean it. Good luck in any round that's not against us. Hopefully, we get to meet at some point. Must see TV. This is where legends are born. So now that Davis is gone, the basketball conversation will commence. We are watching game two of the finals currently. It's a bit of a barn burner, if I don't say so myself. Predictions and thoughts just on the series as a total, man. I mean, shit, we're a game and a half in. Uh, It didn't feel very competitive in game one. But I can't really blame the Heat. I mean, they came off a grueling seven-game series. They played with their food a little too long. Could have made it easier on themselves. But coming off that, and then I think having like two days, a travel day, getting acclimated to the altitude, all that shit. It's just a lot in a short amount of time. And you've got a Denver team off nine days of rest, just so hungry, never been to the finals. Um, I was not surprised at all to see Denver take game one in relatively easy fashion. But I've done it twice so far throughout these playoffs. I'm not underestimating the heat anymore. I'm not calling for them to win the series, but... I don't think it's going to be as easy as it was in game one. I'm saying Denver in six, baby. With a win here, does this vault Jokic into the greatest player in the NBA conversation? Because just watching him this playoffs, the way he's moving is just different. There isn't another guy in the league playing like him, man. Yeah, there really isn't. I don't want to be short-sighted because, like, he's the only guy left to watch, so you can forget (laughs) about some of the incredible talents in the league. But, man, if if they finish this out, and, I mean, he had a triple-double in game one. He's on a tear right now. It looks like he literally can't miss if he's within five feet of the basket. One of the most soft, feathery touches I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, He might... I think he I think he takes the number one spot, man. I don't know. What do you think? It's hard to argue with. He should have won the MVP again this year. Won it last year. Just, you know, always ends up in the playoffs with a team that's a little beat up and battered. And you're finally seeing the Nuggets at uh, full potential this playoffs. And, and they're doing the damn thing, man. So if they, if they seal the deal, then I believe this is a must win for Jokic. Like, the table's are in their favor right now and they need to get this job done man yeah they're honestly the team to beat and i did actually feel horrible for Jokic because we're both fans of his like the last two playoffs without jamal and i think one was without porter you just knew it was like bringing uh a butter knife to a gunfight <laughs> you know what i'm saying like the warriors took him out one year the sun swept them another year but you just knew, like, once Jamal's back, Porter's healthy, like, and great acquisitions this past year with Bruce Brown and KCP. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost makes me a little thankful that, not that they were hurt, like, that sucks, but, like, who knows if the Warriors, one of my favorite titles in all of my life as a sports fan was last year's Warriors title. Mm-hmm. And, like, does that happen if Jamal's, you know, normal Jamal? Who knows? But, um, yeah, they're 
if they close this out, they're definitely, well, even if they lose, I think they're still the team to beat in the West for the next few years, man, if they stay healthy. Absolutely. Hell of a trio they've got there, man. I absolutely agree with everything you said and echo the statements about the Denver Nuggets, man. This is, uh, it just seems like something we've been waiting for the past few years. And now that it's finally here, you're kind of like, you know, I knew they had this potential, you know, I knew this was coming. It was just, uh, unlucky the in past few years and glad to see them roll in the way they are now man because they've had the regular season success in previous years and there's nothing nothing compares to doing it in the playoffs though man you can be as great as you want in the regular season it's the same way the raptors had all that success with demar Derozan, but the only thing people are going to remember is what we did with Kawhi, and this is their Kawhi season man if they get the Straight job up. done yeah Beating the Lakers in game three and four, man, that was when you're like, okay, they're they're not fucking around, man. They're ready to win a title. Mm-hmm. And now the Miami Heat. Where do they go from here if they don't pull this off? We're both fans of the Nuggets. I'm a huge like Heat supporter as well. Our brother Nick Katz, always wishing him the best as a sports fan, because he's one of them like diehards. But uh, this was one of the most unlikely finals runs in NBA history. It was watching it. Like, it's just incredible what they've been able to do. But if they run it back with the same roster, I just, I can't consider them a contender next year. Like, it just doesn't make sense on paper. But I think this run will attract um, players to the Heat. My dream is for them to get Dame somehow. I don't know how they'd make that work with contracts and shit, but if they could keep Bam and Jimmy and get Dame, um, I would love to see the Heat be a powerhouse again. Like, they're they're not a powerhouse, but they're in the finals. It's the weirdest thing, uh, and I want continued success for them. A Jimmy Butler ring would be incredible. If he gets it this year, that would just be a Cinderella story. He could literally retire and be like go straight to the hall of fame because unprecedented shit but yeah i think they need to make a splash man i don't know jimmy's window he's in his 30s now it's not super long so um hopefully a disgruntled star just gets the bug and demands a trade somewhere and the heat come and knock in because i think they're one more like star away from being legit contenders one thing you know for sure pat o'reilly will leave no stone unturned on his quest. There's no O in there, bro. <laughs> you sound like me talking about Did hockey. I say Pat O'Reilly? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I'm praying the fucking Leafs resign Ryan O'Reilly. Pat Riley, whatever. <laughs> it's been a long season, man. Real shit. And with that said, that's going to wrap up season 17 of The Bunt. Been a fun three months and 12 episodes. No place we'd rather be than on the air. And taking emails from the buttholes and interviewing our favorite skaters, man. Hell yeah, man. It's crazy. It feels like this season went by so fast, but at the same time, it feels like forever ago that I was in LA skating with our boy JP Souza and getting him on the pod. It's always amazing to spend 12 weeks with y'all, the listeners. The post office has us cracking up every week. Let's keep it going. Thanks to all our sponsors, Deluxe. CHPO, Maker, Dickies, and of course, Vans. 
Let's run it back, my guy. Thanks to all the listeners. Yes, sir. And everyone behind the scenes, Morgan, Scotty, and obviously Ants One couldn't do it without you guys. And our man Nate on the East Coast. Oh, wait. And thank you to everyone who helps us with questions behind the scenes. Uh, all the homies of all the listeners we've had, or all the guests we've had on. Um, thank you so much to all their friends who help us with questions. The uh, interviews wouldn't be what they are without all your help. The People's Podcast, man. We'll see y'all next season. A bunch sing sing it, bunch sing it. Is that for Norby? Yeah, shout out Norby. <laughs> <laughs>